This is a small scoop of sports hosted by Chris Molina and Jairo Gutierrez. We are back with another episode. Welcome in to a small scoop of sports podcast. This is episode number 43-43. This is your co-host Jairo Gutierrez joined as always by your co-host Chris Molina. Chris, what's up, brother? How you doing today, dude? You ready for another F? Yeah, what's up? Um, just been enjoying sports when I can. As weird as that is to say, I'm glad that they're back for now. We got to enjoy it while we can, right? Yes, uh, 100%. It's uh, so far so good, I would say. There's been a couple hiccups since uh, last time we spoke. We know for our listeners that didn't <laughs> listen to the MLB preview, right? We were talking about, dude, is it going to happen? Is it not? And it has so far. But real quick on that, I guess, before we get into today, how you feeling about that, dude? I think uh, baseball so far uh, out of everything is the sketchiest of, of all the sports that are back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got off to a rocky start with the Marlins and now with the Cardinals. The Cardinals haven't played in like two full weeks. They've played five games and everyone else is around 17 to 20. That's kind of crazy. But <laughs> other than that, it's going well. Like those two teams, other than like the Yankees haven't had any positive tests and like 98% of baseball hasn't, I don't think. Yeah, they, I, it seems like it was those ones that played with the, uh, against each other, like you said, Miami, and then you got Philly. They haven't really played, but it hasn't been that crazy, dude. So hopefully we're good. And then thank God, again, crossing fingers, we're not trying to jinx anything, but NBA has gone super smooth so far. So um, I think it, I, I feel the same way. I'm very excited that we're able to actually watch some sports for the first time in a minute, other than like fights and stuff like that. Right, right. And I think that's an excellent segue because we will actually be talking some NBA basketball. Um, what else do we got going on today? We're previewing 252. That's UFC 252. We're going to make some of our predictions and we're going to preview the NBA playoffs. It's that time. By the time you're listening to it, they'll be ready to go on the, um, this coming weekend. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Exactly. Exactly. We have a lot of uh, good stuff to talk about. It's an exciting time for sports. But before we get into the show and start talking about that UFC, start talking about the playoffs, let's do our weekly cocktail mixer. Uh, As we know, this is a draft that uh, Chris and myself do of things that have nothing to do with sports. This is a little bit different. (laughs) And uh, for the last one, I don't want. Hey, I don't want to talk about it. Look, I'll tell you what we're talking Let's about. Let's go. Today. Hold on, I'll tell you. So for today, we're gonna be drafting all-time favorite fast food restaurants. But you know, there was a little bit of a caveat. We're like, what qualifies, what doesn't? We're gonna be doing uh, restaurants that you can get food. I'd say ten or fifteen minutes, more or less, and it doesn't have to have a drive-through necessarily. So. There are some that have them, but there are some that don't. So I think it's pretty fair, again, something that is quicker than just a sit-down meal. Would you agree, Chris? I think we, we came to a good agreement of there's going to be a mix, I think, of, of having some and having not, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was important to, like, nail down, not the definition, but just kind of the spirit of the draft here. It's like it could be a, a quick service restaurant, you know, with drive throughs and stuff. It could be one where you sit down. You eat 
and you're gone within 20 minutes. Um, but mainly it's not something like, I don't know, use chilies for, for example. Even though you can mm -hmm. do takeout, you're going to sit there, you're going to be waited on, uh, they're going to cook your food to order. It's going to be like a 45-minute, hour-long experience, and that's a little too long for fast food. I like it. Yep, I like that. And I just want to be clear. You said it right there, dude. Fast food, a lot of people are like, has to have drive through. I don't think necessarily, but most of these, I think, will. So I'm very interested to see where you go um, with, you know, with your restaurant. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah. And um, before we get into those restaurants, let's talk some chips. Oof. I was actually just... I was actually just munching on some uh, Ruffles cheddar and sour cream right before the show. So speaking seems, of which. Um... Seems right. Seems right. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a little salty. So as you guys would expect, man. Uh, go ahead, dude. Go ahead, please. Yeah. So episode 42, we drafted our favorite chips, you know, potato chips, corn chips, um, tortilla chips, whatever. Um, just whatever you like to snack on in terms of chips. And the vote turned out I got 71% of the vote. Heido got 29 so that's right. I hold, mm. I held serve for all of our tennis fans. I held serve. I had the number one pick. I got the W, and now it's three two me. Oof, dude, you're right. You, uh, I thought it would have been finally the first time that uh, we could break the streak. Now uh, you said it <laughs> last time. There is pressure um, on me now to continue this. Uh, yep. I, I, I wanted to break it, but all right. Hey, fair enough. You win, you the great, uh, you know, great pick. I think your lineup has some more diversity and some classics, the Cheetos, I think, as well. So, no, no, no problem with me. I'm a little salty. I like, I hate to lose, <laughs> but hey, 71 29, my boy Chris, and now the series 3 2. But you know what, dude? Forget about that. That's in the past. Can we please talk about this one? So, I go first. You excited or what, dude? You ready to get this draft? I want to know what are your spots for grubbing, bro. You ready? Oh, man. Yeah, I have no idea where you're going to go here. We could <laughs> yeah. theoretically have two totally different lists. So it's kind of interesting. I, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, <laughs> what if, I was looking at my list, bro. And I'm like, top four. I was like, am I comfortable if for some reason Chris picks none of these? And th is this really my top four? And so, you know, we, we talked about it. Yeah, oh, really? I had. I... <laughs> you know, <laughs> you got to look at it, right? And be like, is this actually what I want? And Chris isn't going to take anything. And this is what I want. So. Um, all right, bro. I got to go with my number one. This is actually a, I'd say it's a, it's a local chain. It's expanded a little bit, but my Don't number one overall is Blake's Lotta Burger. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. 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 I know. I, oh, okay. I, I'm wondering what, <laughs> oh no, let me see. Okay. All right. So for people that are listening that are not from the New Mexico, Blake's Lotter Burger is an awesome burger spot that also the reason why it's my number one that's why i'm kind of explaining it they're breakfast burritos if if you know me i love these breakfast burritos bro bacon green is is all the time so i get that since i've been back to new mexico you know living here again uh i've gotten several of them and not to mention the burgers the fry it's just a bomb spot so blake slaughter burger staying local is my number one overall and i'm happy with picking that one bro so what are you thinking? Let me hear what you got for two and three, because I have a feeling I know at least one of them. Let's hear it. Okay, so uh, you did mention that, you know, you're back in New Mexico, you know, Blake's, welcome back. Um, but how are you feeling on the no. green chili from Blake's? 
Uh, oh, well, okay. So that's a great question. Actually, I'm going to go honestly. Blake's is green chili, dude, is savage. I am not. It's so the... hot, right? <laughs> it's so hot, dude. I am uh, not the biggest fan of like super spicy food. And I'll be honest, I the, the sauce in the morning for a breakfast burrito, it's, you know, I can tolerate it. The burgers one, dude, they use the actual green chili. Nah, bro, I'm actually out. I'm being 100% honest. Are you the same way, dude? It's spicy, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's actually why Blake's was on my list. It wasn't number one, but it was on my list. It's it's a burger joint, and they have really, really good breakfast burritos, but what separates them for me when I'm thinking about where to get like a quick burger is that green chili. That green mm-hmm. chili is so hot, but it's so delicious. Yes, no. It's bomb, dude. You're gonna get. It's gonna be spicy, but it. This is actually the best. You you know you could get some really quality green chili at a spot that's again pretty affordable and pretty quick. So a uh, good distinction, yeah. bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, the tables have turned here. I gotta go with my number one all-time favorite restaurant or fast food restaurant. I could have this at least once a week. I can go get like five things for seven bucks i i bet i gave that away there i'm going with taco bell taco bell is my my first selection here i can go get those just three bean burritos four bucks boom dinner and the solid bean burritos go get some tacos go get the crunch wrap supreme it's just so many different options at a cheap price i that like- i have to lock in taco bell Oh, dude. I also, just to add in the, uh, I think they're called the cinnamon twisters or something like that. Those yeah. things are, you know, they have a little bit of everything. Their drinks also, dude, if you've had a, I think Baja Blast or something like that, they're bomb, bro. There's a, actually, you know what? That's a great pick. And are you a Chalupa guy, Chris, or are you not a Chalupa guy? Eh, uh, kind of neutral. Okay. Okay. Cause that's, that's actually what I love from ta- from TV, bro. Give me a chalupa, steak chalupa. That's fair. Let's, let's go. <laughs> but good call. A lot of variety. And you said, what did you say? Like seven items for, or five items for like seven bucks. I'm with yeah. you. That's a, that's a good call. Five items for seven bucks. And what's crazy, because every once in a while, I'll pull up after someone's done ordering and I'll take a little peek at that, uh, their total. And it's like 35 bucks. I'm like, <laughs> You feeding an army or what's going on here? Yeah, you got you guys got a, a party going on. What's going on? I feel it's a massive party. <laughs> I like that. Okay, number one there, dope, dude. That's actually a solid selection that I think a lot of listeners are really gonna like. So, um, where are you at for number two? Number two, the reason why I was nervous when you were like, it's kind of a local chain, it's expanded, but no. Um, I am going with Dion's. No! That's what I'm hitting. <laughs> yes. Oh, bro. I was so I... scared that you were going to take it. It's number two on my list. Uh, I love the pizza. You know, you get so many different styles. It's probably my favorite pizza place that's not like super niche. You know what I mean? That's not like super mom and pop. But um, what sets it apart for me is their sandwiches. And that Greek uh, dressing, I always get an extra one. It's so good. My boy, you hit it all. On the, <laughs> just to be fair, uh, to be clear, I should say, my one and two were Blake's and Dion's, bro. I was literally like, <laughs> if I get my one and two, I don't care what else I get. Um, I'm good with my list. You took it from me, bro. I don't know if you know this, dude. I worked for Dion's. That was my first job ever. And I worked Did there you? for, nice. yeah, dude, I worked there for like, five years actually so 
I used to make the pizzas there. Um, and then uh, you said it though, the sandwiches, bro, fire and the Greek for those people that are like, ah, no, I like ranch. I really like ranch. The ranch is fire. Don't get me wrong. Dion's ranch is really good, but those are usually the people that haven't tried the Greek. Please try the Greek with the ruffles yes. chips that they have there. <laughs> Please just do it one time. You won't regret it. I promise. So Man, Chris, you took it from me, Rom. <laughs> oh, I was so nervous that you were going to take it when you said local restaurant. Well, I when you said I thought that was going to be your number one, you took Taco Bell. I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe we have a chance. You, oh, all right, that was one <laughs> and two. Great pick, bro. So, uh, like I said, my one and two are crossed off. I got my three through eights available. So, oh, man, that one sings. I love Dion's. All right, I'm going to go my number two pick. This would be three overall for me. Is going to be Panda Express, bro. Nice. Uh, Panda is again one of those spots. That's one of the ones that fits into the category of not really having the drive-through. Although there are some that have them, but for the most part, they don't. And I'm dude. Their um, chow mein fire. Their what is it? Orange chicken bomb. All all kinds, dude. I think you could get a lot of different options if you like chicken fire. If you like the uh, egg rolls fire so panda express is one for me and that reminds me also of las cruces new mexico state i don't know if you remember oh, yeah there's one <laughs> right the... <laughs> there yes right there in barnes and noble dude and you could use your aggie points which was you know yep, the exactly <laughs> that was like hooked up so um that's the reason for me are you a big panda guy or not not too huge on it i like panda yeah it was on my list as well um i love the orange chicken Mm-hmm. And then the Beijing beef. I'm a big fan of the Beijing beef. <laughs> yep. So Panda has it all, dude. I'm, I'm telling you, um, the teriyaki chicken as well. That's actually probably my favorite of all. So you give me some chow mein teriyaki and get it. So uh, yeah, that reminds me of Cruces. And now I'll go with my third pick since I go back to back. Another burger spot. That's why I wanted Dion's. Mm. But now I'm going to have two burger spots. Let me see. This one actually is not in Santa Fe, so I don't know if that'll give it away, but I'm going to go with Whataburger. Whataburger okay. is, is, and I want to know what you were thinking, but Whataburger for me, dude, their burgers are very similar. This is a similar one to Blake's. I was just thinking, uh, what else do, do I really like? Their burgers are really good. They have really good green chili, and um, I just enjoy, I think their quality is on point all the time. So I got to go with Whataburger, but now my my variety is not as good as it could have been with <laughs> Dion. So that's me, bro. What are you thinking now for three and four? Uh, I like the Whataburger pick. It reminds me of Cruces, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I haven't really had it since I moved up here to Albuquerque, but Cruces, I would hit, I would hit it up every so often. Okay. It was closer than Blake's, and it still had good green chili. <laughs> yep. Okay. All right. So I was curious which burger joint you were going to take here. Um, There was three that came to mind when you said that since Mm -hmm. you had already taken Blake's. So I'm going to take my burger joint here. I can't let you corner the market on burger lovers. (laughs) I know where you're going. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see, bro. Tell me. I'm I'm going with In-N-Out Burger. That's I'm locking that in. Okay. Every time, every time we go to Phoenix or we go to Vegas or anything like that, we always have it in and out burger on our way in and on our way out, even if it's like a three-day trip. <laughs> I, I feel that. That is a spot, especially like we don't have it in New Mexico. So whenever you're there, 
you go i say twice is the minimum most of the time so yeah uh, regardless, <laughs> regardless of state length right 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 and i don't know if it'd be any different like if we lived in a city with an in and out burger but they're mm -hmm. always slammed they're just always just jamming um I'm, I'm sure you've seen like when you walk in and one of the one of your family members has to like vulture out a spot to eat. <laughs> yes. yes, dude. Let me just tell you, I, I was in Phoenix recently actually visiting my brother. And so obviously COVID has changed. A lot of people don't go inside. Although they were open, you should have seen the length of this line, bro. It was like 8 p.m. It the drive -through? was the drive through. It was crazy, bro. I'm talking no lie. I'm not exaggerating. 30 cars deep it was crazy <laughs> and it's like and then i was like are they open inside and they were so we got it really fast but I, dude people wait for it doesn't matter you know what i'm saying it's like that good people don't care about how long the wait is they're gonna wait so yeah uh good call on that dude that place is popping <laughs> if not you might gotta be a vulture inside so i'm with it yeah and i know the whataburger fans and the in and out burger fans are going to be divided here because it's like california versus texas almost mm -hmm. um but i i like them both i i can i can get down with some in and out burger i like it but all right all right wait, wait, wait. sorry Last sorry sorry here. sorry to interrupt bro are you animal style or not animal style either or Okay. I can do both. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just wondering because <laughs> some people are really passionate about one or the other. I, I uh, am personally animal on the burgers, no animal on the fries. That's just the way I roll, but uh, I like it. Okay. Continue. Sorry. I had to get that one out. <laughs> no, that's fair. And it's also one of the burger places that is not, doesn't rely on green chili for me to have it elevated. So it's Ooh, its own thing. Good distinction. I uh, like that. <laughs> so my last one here is tough. I have two that I'm choosing from. Um, one, I don't eat as often anymore because it's gotten kind of expensive as compared to when I was like growing up. But the other one is fire too. So, ah, let's see. I'm going to take, I'm going to take Chipotle. I'm going, I'm locking in Chipotle here. Ooh, okay. Damn, son. You, hey. Dude, you got the most variety again. I'm, I'm feeling a little, uh, I'm, I'm a little scared about this, uh, this lineup. I like it. Yeah, Chipotle, super good. I, I you know, I just go get the bowl. I, mm -hmm. I'll get the burrito every so often, but the bowl uh, with the chicken, the black beans, the guac, the um, bunch of different salsas, mix it all together, and it's just a super fun time. <laughs> oh, dude. Perfect. That I'm the same way. I prefer the bowl. The the burritos fire once in a while, dude, but it's a little heavy. If I'm being, you know, it's a yeah, big old that tortilla. tortilla is very heavy. <laughs> it's a huge tortilla. And then if you go all out, putting like you just said, the guac and all that, dude, you're looking at a yolk burrito. Don't get me wrong, it hits sometimes, but good call, dude. You know what? Oh, <laughs> and a nap afterwards. <laughs> this is the one you're gonna be grubbing. You're gonna enjoy it, but you're gonna get put out, bro. So damn. Yeah. All right. Okay, I like it. So your lineup is done. I'm looking at it as I wrote it, and I'm like, hmm, this is a tough one, dude. It seems like a star lineup all over the place. So um, to close out for me, I'm going to go with something, a uh, type of food that we haven't mentioned just yet, and that's going to be Popeye's chicken. Popeye's. Interesting. Me, yeah, Popeye's is a really good place. I actually started really liking it. When I lived in Boston, they had one nearby 
I was like, ah, I've always been a KFC dude, but Popeyes is bomb, dude. Their chicken's really good, and all their sides are also really good. So we didn't mention any chicken spots. I gotta go with Popeyes on my list, bro. But I had a lot of burger joints, and I didn't want to overfill my lineup. I it was just <laughs> one step less, and I'm like, at the same time, I really enjoyed Popeyes. So I gotta go there, bro. What do you think about? Have you ever gotten Popeyes? You're you're not too big on it. Are you a KFC or churches dude? Um, I'm kind of not any of them. I'm not the biggest. Okay, not a chicken dude. Yeah, I'm not the biggest like fried chicken um kind of guy. But I I have to ask you this: you took you took Popeyes over Chick Fil A, right? Just wanted to lock that in there. Correct, correct. <laughs> Actually, Ch- Chick Fil A to me. Okay, that's a good question, dude. Because all right, their tenders are fire at Chick Fil A. I really do like the tenders. But if we're talking about a piece of chicken, like, that's you know, fair. like a yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like you know a bucket, saying, this place. And, exactly. Exactly. So that's where I go with uh, Popeye's. But great question, because it was tough to decide. I see my list and I'm like, nah, dude, Popeye's is, is my spot. <laughs> yes. Are you, I imagine then that you're a Chick-fil-A fan. I had it on my list because it's the only real like chicken place that I'll go to every once in a while. But I'm not the biggest fan. I don't even know how to spell it correctly, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Okay, that's that's fair. That's how unfamiliar we are with this. One. I like it. Okay, so, dude, rattle through your lineup. I'm telling you, this one is 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 a good one. It's a good one. Um, before that, did you have any uh, did you have any others on your on your list that you didn't mention? There was two actually that um, I'm surprised. Maybe I don't know. I gotta ask you how you feel. Um, three actually, my bad. There's McDonald's is on there, so I think maybe people think it'll be basic. I've always been a fan of Mickey's, bro. I think there's a lot of different variety that you could pick from, including breakfast, kind of like that Blake's pick. Um, I left off Subway. I'm a big Subway fan. I like those sandwiches. Um, I picked that over Jimmy John's, for example. Have to decide Agreed. which one I would put on here. And the third for me, bro. And tell me if you had this one. Five guys. I'm surprised neither of us put five guys. I think their fries are the best fries around. Um, and they weren't picked, dude. So what do you think? What did you have that you didn't mention? Yeah, their fries might be the best thing around, but I'm not I'm not trying to go to a buffet here. <laughs> Spend time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's that dude. That, no, that's the most this will fill it up right there. Uh, yeah, I'm not the biggest five guys fan. I don't mind it. But um, in terms of burger joints, I I left uh, I left it off, and I just had In and Out and Blake's on my list. Um, okay. But yeah, I also had McDonald's. It's it's quick. It's relatively inexpensive. Their nuggets are just absolute fire. Um, mm-hmm. Same with their fries too. I think McDonald's is my Fair. favorite fries, to be honest. <laughs> Dude, actually, you know what? You get some crispy McDonald's with the right salt. You might be you might be right, dude. I think they could be, uh, hang with any any burger fries at any time, but they gotta be right because sometimes they're not on point, and you're a little disappointed. But when they're right, oh, they're right. <laughs> yep, agreed. And then I have Wendy's because of the frosty, and uh, mm. the one I was choosing between between uh, Chipotle and Arby's. Arby's was fifth on my list. Um, I'm a big Arby's fan, but I it's like- got. It's gotten kind of expensive. I just want a couple of roast beef sandwiches, and now it's cost you like ten bucks. Used to be like four for yep. five. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. And dude, 
their turkey sandwiches actually they have a couple of varieties at arby's super fire definitely recommend them um and that also reminds me of cruces as well because there was one there close to where i live so good call there bro i like that so we left some off but after all we still got some good variety in our in our uh, lineup man it looks tough yep uh, speaking of variety minus taco bell dion's in and out burger and chipotle and I got Blake's Lauder Burger, Panda Express, Whataburger, and Popeye's Chicken. So we'll see. Chris is up three to two. It's going to be interesting how our listeners rank these, what they're feeling. I'm excited, bro. So it's going to be good. But there's our cocktail mixer for this episode. Let's get into some UFC. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. Since we are talking about UFC 252, we're going to get into it. Before we talk about the fights this weekend, I just want to give a quick shout out to Jerome Rivera, a.k.a. the Renegade, uh, a fighter from for the UFC um, from Santa Fe, New Mexico, guy I grew up with, um, and he just fought this uh, last week on Dana White's Contender Series, got the W, and so I just wanted to, you know, give a big props, big shout out to Jerome, who's doing it big. He didn't get the the contract to fight in the UFC, but he got the win there on the contender series. So I think he should be invited. I think he will be invited to fight again. And if he could be impressive with a KO or a submission, um, I think he's going to end up getting a contract to fight for the UFC. So big shouts to a kid from uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico, who is, is doing well. So Anybody that doesn't know who he is, again, Jerome, the Renegade Rivera, looking up on social media or wherever you want, he's, he's doing it big. So wanted to start off with that. Um, and now for this weekend, one of the biggest main events that I can remember in a minute, at least personally, so excited. It's the UFC Heavyweight Championship, the trilogy between current champion Stipe Miocic and his rival Daniel Cormier. For those of you who don't know what happened between them to get here to this third fight, DC ends up knocking out Stipe in the first round of their first fight after Stipe had uh, broken the record for most title defenses as a heavyweight in the UFC with three. Then uh, DC ends up fighting Derek the Black Beast Lewis in a main event in Madison Square Garden to defend the belt once. After that, they run it back um, and Stipe Miocic ends up knocking out Daniel Cormier in the fourth round of the rematch. And so that brings us to this Saturday where it's a trilogy to really decide who is the best heavyweight in the history of the UFC. Whoever wins really has a super legitimate um, claim that they are the best big dude of all time. So before we get into how we saw the first two fights and what we think is going to go down this weekend between them, Let's talk about the other two big fights on the card. Chris, what's going down in the other ones? So we'll start in the third fight. Um, but before that, shout out to John Dodson. He's fighting on the he's fighting on the main card um, out of Albuquerque. So let's see how he does. It's the first fight of the main card, but in right in the middle, heavyweight heavyweight bout, Junior Dos Santos against Jairzinho Rosenstruck. Uh, this is going to be super interesting. Junior Dos Santos, 21 and seven, number five heavyweight contender 
in the world. And then Jarzinho is 10 and 1, number 6. And speaking of Jarzinho, this is his first fight since losing his undefeated record in a quite devastating fashion. Um, but at least he lasted 20 seconds against Francis Nagano. You got to give him up for that. Uh, and then Dos Santos is coming off back-to-back losses with Curtis Blades. And uh, I don't know if he lasted a full minute with Nagano either. So uh, <laughs> Who does, what do you bro? see happening? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? What do you see happening here, Ido? Yeah, so um, great call. Jarzinho's coming back from that devastating KO, dude. Uh, he did last 20 seconds, uh, clapping in the background. Props, props. Um, and, you know, we got JDS, man, Junior Dos Santos. It's a tough one to call because before that loss to Francis, a lot of people thought that Rosenstrike was literally the next guy coming to just demolish everyone. It's it's a difficult one, but I'm going to have to go with the legend, Junior Dos Santos. Um, although, again, Jarzinho's 10-1, he knocked out Alistair Overeem with four seconds left in their fight that was the fight before Nganu and then he lost to Nganu in 20 seconds so he arguably could have lost two in a row and those were his two best opponents to date so with that being said um I also believe this is Junior's you know almost last shot last best shot at going for another title run you said it he's number five heavyweight contender um so I think he needs this one big time and he's gonna find a way to use his experience to pull it off. I'm going with JDS here. Um, what do you think? Do you agree? Or are you going with the with the up-and-comer who's got power? Pretty similar to Francis's. Yeah, I mean, I no disrespect to uh, Mr. Dos Santos, but I got to go with Jarzinho here. Um, Dos Santos just doesn't look like the same fighter he mm. was um, back in the day. Like, he got TKO'd by Curtis Blades in the second round in January. He got TKO'd by Naganu uh, last year in June. I remember that. Uh, it's pretty pretty gross. He did beat Derek Lewis before that. Um, but this is this is a different... This uh, No pun intended, but this is a different beast. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Derek Lewis. Uh, <laughs> I... Yeah, I, I'm going with Jarzinho. Jarzinho kind of reminds me of Naganu in the way he fights. Nowhere near as powerful, but I think Dos Santos is going to have trouble with that, just like he did against Blades. That's fair. That's fair. And do you see, I don't know if you thought about this, or you just think he's going to win it. Do you think he's going to knock uh, Dos Santos out? Or do you kind of think it'll be more of a, you know, um, pull it out kind of fight and, and kind of drag him through the mud all the way through? I think he's going to knock him out here, um, probably like second or third round or something like that. But I'm I'm going with power in this one, going with the young up-and-comer to get some get some revenge, not on Naganu, but just on like everyone uh, brushing him aside after that Naganu fight. That's fair. That's fair. Hey, Jarzinho has a lot of power, dude. And again, he was undefeated before facing Naganu, and that's just that's not your average Joe, as we know he's ranked second. Um, in the heavyweight division behind DC. So um, that's a good one. I, I, I'm interested, dude. I want to see how um, Dos Santos can fare with that power. I think he takes him all the way through. I don't think he knocks out Jarzinho. I would say he's going to use his experience and be smart because, dude, you don't want to mess with uh, Jarzinho and just go slugging it out. You know, I think uh, that's a that's a bad idea on uh, Junior's part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good call on that one. So. Um... 
We'll see. Should be interesting. It should should be interesting. Now we'll go to the co-main event, um, where we have up and coming sensation, dude. Sugar Sean O'Malley, 12 and 0, eight knockouts, going up against Marlon Chito Vera in a bantamweight, 135 pound uh bout. Chito is 15, 6 and 1. Now, this fight is interesting because it's gonna show us if Sugar Sean is really as dangerous as his record states. Um, because Chito Vera has never been stopped in his career and he's actually won six in a row. So it's, it's I think, a really good test again for O'Malley that a lot of people are very excited about that could be the next guy. Um, but he's going to need to prove it here. So let me ask you, does Sean O'Malley keep his undefeated streak going? Uh, I believe he does. Yeah, I'm going to take uh, Sean O'Malley here. He looks pretty vicious. I mean, that knockout against Quinones, that was pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he followed it up with a, a knockout against Wineland, too. Not not that big of names, but um, I, I just he's just exciting to watch. It would be good. Oh, shoot. Did you see that? Sorry, I got distracted. No, and you are talking that Brooklyn just missed the game-winning jumper against Portland, right? And Portland now earned yep. the number eight seed to play. That was a big shot. Huge, dude. I was watching as you were talking. I was watching it actually, and that would have been the end of Portland right there, dude. The, they, they got saved. So sorry for the interruption to everyone. It is officially Portland versus Memphis for the Western uh, Conference playing. Crazy. Yep. Yeah, we'll talk more about that. But I just I couldn't keep my train of thought and watch it at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Respect. I feel you. I feel you. Uh, yeah. So Marlon Vera, didn't he lose um, in March to? Uh, um, he was. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Yadong. I he was gonna fight, and did they not cancel his um his bout? I thought because COVID got it. Oh, to to Song Yadong. You're right. Actually, yeah. on the Overeem. That was the decision. So the one before that then, let me look at his record. Good call on that. I thought he was um, undefeated since then. So you think that Chito loses in this one then because he's not on the street. Yeah, it's just something to keep in mind. Um, he's he's legit. He's he's going to be a good opponent. We'll, we'll definitely see if uh, O'Malley has that staying power, emphasis on the power. Um but I think he does. I think this he's making a name for himself and he's he's looking at that uh leaderboard here in the division and I don't know. I, I don't see I don't see how he can be stopped here. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna take him. Good call on his loss on the Jarzinho um card. Actually, I'm sorry, on Overeem versus Harris card. Before that he had won five in a row. So he's five of six W's um and he lost to Yadong Song, I imagine, is is the way you pronounce that. Um, so, for me, I'm with you, dude. I think Sean O'Malley gets it done. I just want to see if he could do it in devastating fashion. You you mentioned it with the power. Can he do it against a guy that's pretty durable? For sure, Chito Vera has not been stopped in his career. All of them have been decisions, not even submissions. So, um, I want to see. This is a good test. If he, he, if he KOs him, dude, especially... Like you said against uh, Wineland, um, in devastating nasty KO, it could really be uh, a game changer for him and and him moving up in that bantamweight, um, you know, kind of division and, and trying to go for the big dogs. 
Yeah, and there's a couple in front of him. One that's fighting on the card, which is uh, actually, yeah, John Dodson. Um, I could see the winner of this fight getting someone like John Dodson or uh, maybe Rob Font, Cody Stammen, something like that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you never know. Like, if O'Malley comes out and just dominates again, Dana's going to want to capitalize. He's not going to just put him up against uh, someone a few spots ahead of him. He could, he could put him all the way up against possibly Corey Sandhagen or uh, something like that. I don't know. 100%. I think we know Dana and the UFC, bro. It's not always a meritocracy. Whoever deserves it, it's more of, this dude's coming in hot. He's going to come in with his colored hair and his cornrows. And um, <laughs> if he gets another KO and then talk spicy after, I'm with it for sure, dude. I think he could go all the way up to even maybe Pedro uh, Munoz at five. Or shoot, what if they just gave him Aldo, dude? Aldo, who didn't, um, you know, obviously put up a good fight in the championship against Jan. But it'd be a huge name. And they're like, you KO Aldo you're ready for anyone. You know what I'm saying? So I, I'm with you on that, dude. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's emphatic that he gets a shot at doing something crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's if Aldo fights again, he, that looked rough. <laughs> yeah, Peter it, Jan, so <laughs> I don't recommend he goes up against any of those big dogs anymore. That's why maybe, you know, uh, Sean is 14. Maybe they say, I think you could still handle one of these four top 15 guys. We just won't put you up with uh, the, the champ or anything like that. So um, it'll be interesting to see where they go for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's that time. Um, in the words of the great Bruce Buffett, it's <laughs> time. Mm-hmm. In the main event, we have fighting out of one corner. <laughs> Just kidding. I can't keep that up for the entire time. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering if you're going to go all the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he does it so well every time, and he just gets so energized even in an empty arena he's just on fire <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm with for and uh, for everyone all the fans in attendance and everyone watching around the world even though there's around no one the there world. <laughs> he, still, he, he still says it it's his usual and he's the man bro that's why him and, and michael buffer the two brothers that's why they're the voices of uh of combat sports too. those guys know what they're doing the the, the legends yeah uh exactly it's the main event of the evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Stipe Miocic and Daniel Cormier in the trilogy. You you kind of previewed it nicely. You mentioned what happened in the first two fights. Now it's the decider. Now, in my opinion, this fight could tell us who's the greatest heavyweight of all time. I guess I'm going first here. You wanted to see you wanted to see how I how I was going to pick. And then you would make your pick or what? Yeah, yeah. This is going down. (laughs) Yeah, what did you think? Well, let me ask you first. uh, I'm just kidding. We we had the first two real quick on the KOs of each. Dude, they're kind of different. We had DC with the KO in the first round. And then we had Cormier, uh, sorry, Stipe take him out in the fourth round of the rematch. Well, yeah, what did you think of those? And, like, is it going to be like that, dude? Is someone going to get KO'd cold? Is it going to be a different style fight? What do you think is going to go down? And obviously no fans for the biggest fight of the three. So will that kind of affect? Uh, maybe. But, I mean, the way they fight, they don't really feed off of crowd energy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like someone like McGregor might uh, when he's going in for the KO. But, yeah, Miocic, um, 
he's he's ready. He's ready to prove that that first um, knockout in 2018 was a fluke. That the second one was more like how this is going to go down, where it's back and forth, and then Miocic proves he's the better fighter. I'm not saying he did, but just on that night he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he's also made Francis Ngannou look absolutely silly in that uh, in that fight on January 20th, 2018. I remember that Francis had just made his name he with that uppercut to Alistar Overeem, and he gave him the title fight, and Miocic just dominated him. So it's just like, I think he's I think he's ready. I I know he knows that if he wins, he's got a few more um, big time title fights under his belt. Daniel's just going for the glory here. He's this is his uh, ride off into the sunset, and he doesn't want to be his ride off into the sunset. If that makes sense, for sure, one hundred percent. So um, I think you summed it up well. And dude, I'll never ever forget Stipe versus Ngannou. I was there live in Boston at the uh, oh, TD nice. Garden. Yeah. And- <laughs> And actually, funny enough, Cormier was uh, the co-main event versus uh, Alexander, uh, no, versus uh, Volkov. I can't remember his name. He's the ball dude. He's really not that good. After DC whooped him, he hasn't done anything since. So um, I think that should show you what happened there. That was for the light heavyweight uh, title defense. So again, we have these two guys that were fighting co-main, main at the TD Garden just a couple years ago. Now we know what's going down. So... Am I getting it right? You think Stipe proves that the first one was a fluke and he is the greatest heavyweight ever. Yeah, yeah, I'm going with Stipe here. No no disrespect to Cormier. It's not like he's fighting against some some uh, unproven up-and-comer. This is the guy who was the best heavyweight of all time until that first fight, and now he wants that title back. He, he wants the undisputed. So I'm going with Miocic here. That's my pick. Okay. And how? How do you think this is? He does it again? He does a, a another KO regardless if it's because he got him to the body in the last fight. That's how he broke him down. Uh, DC said he's going to be ready for that. What do you think? Or is it going to go all five? This is going to be a battle and he wins by decision, which either way, it doesn't really matter. Whoever wins is the GOAT. Yeah, either way, it doesn't really matter. It's just more for, like, see if we can call it on air. (laughs) But I'm going to go with Stipe in a knockout. Fourth round knockout again. It's going to be, like, 2-1 or 1-2. going to be a close fight, but I think he's going to get that knockout in the fourth round. He's going to dominate like he did last fight in that round. Um, And besides besides the Nagano decision... All of his fights since December 13th, 2014, when Dos Santos actually beat him, Mm -hmm. have been a win by KO or TKO against Mark Hunt, against Arlovsky, Weirdum, Overeem, Dos Santos, he got him back, and then here we are. Okay, I like it. And by the way, it was Volkan Ozdemir is who uh, DC beat there at the Garden. So I knew it was Volkan again. He's ranked number seven light heavyweight, hasn't done what. But going to this one, I got to disagree with you, bro. Not only because DC is my boy. I love DC. He's actually my favorite um, UFC fighter ever. Personally, I've always been a big fan. I think that DC is going to change this fight, actually. And what I mean is his strategy. They duked it out 
one and two, he obviously won in the first one. I think he's going to wrestle um, Stipe. I think he's going to take advantage of him being an Olympic wrestler, and he's going to really um, make Stipe work. Whether he's able to KO him at some point, um, if he tires him out on the ground, I'm not too sure. I would actually go with DC wins this one by decision. He's going to play it safe. And again, something that you said about him trying to ride off into the sunset, I think it's not worth, unless he's dominating Stipe, which I really don't see happening. Um, I think he's going to play it safe. He will throw some hands, but he's going to take him down and really make him work on the ground. And leave with the belt around his waist and say I did it bro I beat this guy twice not once you could say it was a fluke I did it again and I'm out ski so um looks like we differ there five thou. <laughs> I'm Audi 5000 catch me later I'll catch me at the next pay-per-view as the uh commentator with my boy Joe Rogan posted making some dough without getting smacked in the face a quick question about that um who's your favorite um not not play by play, but like, who's your favorite analyst ringside when they fight? That's like a um, that's a former fighter or that fights now, whether it be DC, um, Felder, um, Bisping. Who's your favorite? Really good question. I have two, which um, it's DC. I think he's really good. Again, trying to be you know being as unbiased as possible. He's a really good. Um, announcer and I think Dominic Cruz do Dominic Cruz is really good um, obviously these guys are very experienced so they're able to break down the the action in a way that others really can you know and they're like oh you should do this you should do that and all of a sudden they go ahead and do it so I think those are my two favorites um, what about you this is weird to me because I didn't like him as a fighter, but I kind of like him as a commentator, and that's Michael Bisping. I think he's pretty exciting to listen to. <laughs> he gets pretty amped up, and then his accent is a nice, like, it's a nice balance between <laughs> <laughs> Rogan and Felder and those guys. Dude, my favorite thing, I'm glad you mentioned Bisping, and I, I like that you like him, is that he says, bro, some things that, none of the other guys would say, you know, he's like, Oh, like, I don't know. He just gets animated in a way that he almost loses. It's almost like he's talking with his homies watching. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. like, and then you're right. You add in the accent on top of him, just saying whatever he wants. Um, and it's really great. So I do not dislike Bisbee one bit. And uh, he was a bit annoying as a fighter, but as an analyst, dude, the guys are kind of funny actually to listen to. And have you uh, seen any of the clips of like the the commentator freakouts after like a <laughs> crazy knockout? He has some of the better ones too. I enjoy watching those. One one hundred percent, dude. I'm telling you, he's just so authentic out there to a fault. I think you know. Sometimes I'm telling, you, he's like, dude, Bisbee, chill out. He's like, oh, I, I don't know how to explain it. He just tells him like, I would do this, man. I would do that. And it's like, Bisbee, you're supposed to be talking about the fight, bro, instead of like not really talking about what you would do. Um. But good call. And going to that, dude, actually, it's funny you mention that again because they did a poll um, on Cormier, dude. They did a poll that said, do you prefer or do you think, sorry, do you think Daniel Cormier is a better uh, announcer or is he a better fighter? And it was so overwhelmingly in favor of him being a better announcer. And I think mm. he, because he goes, him and Ariel Hawani, they have DC and Hawani, um, a show that they do on Monday since yeah. uh, COVID. And and he goes, I can't believe they. it would be so much as an analyst. He goes, 
I'm literally fighting for the heavyweight title. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like he's some, like, average fighter, bro. He can literally claim, especially if he wins this weekend. I'm the best in the entire world. Like, the heavyweight is the king of the jungle, uh, if you could say that. And people love him so much as, like, an announcer, you know? So it's just interesting that that happened to a guy that, again, is literally fighting for the biggest crown in all of combat sports. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good... Um, that's a good thing to bring up too. It's just, uh, when you said, you know, he'll be chilling as an announcer, I'm like, oh yeah. Oh, we'd never really talk about these, uh, fighter announcers. Let me see who he's got. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good call. And I'm telling uh, you, I, sorry, go ahead. I think he'll do, I think he'll do this for a long time is what I was going to say. I think he's going to be involved, you know, with Joe Rogan again, you could be as old as possible, dude, as long as you're doing a good job and you're up to date on your stuff, you could be there forever. So, um, we'll see, we'll see what happens with DC. Exactly. And like, it'll be like a hobby now. It's not even like a job to where he's mm-hmm. training for months at a time. He's just, you know, he's watching fighting. He's breaking it down. He's looking up some stats, you know, he's being well-informed and he's just hanging out. <laughs> um, but so um, what do you think? So I think we both agree that DC, this is probably his last fight. If you don't stop me here, but what about Stipe? If he wins, do you see him fighting Francis or what about, what happens if he if he loses DC retires and then they have another title fight uh for the for the vacant belt? Yeah, I well I have Stipe if he wins, bro. I think he will defend against Francis. Francis has been waiting for his shot again, obviously. Uh, you mentioned that he lost to Stipe already, but he's been on a roll ever since, just literally just walking through dudes um demolishing them. So I think that's fair. You run it back. It's a rematch. I think the UFC would be happy if Francis won or if Stipe defended again. That would be cherry. Now, if he loses, I think he should go. It's interesting. DC leaves. They probably vacate the title. Maybe Stipe steps away a little bit. And then maybe I would go Francis and Curtis Blades is there. Not the most exciting guy, but he is ranked right after Francis at three. Or maybe you go the rematch of Francis and, and Derek, the Black Beast Lewis, bro, which was extremely boring. It was literally one of the most oh, boring. that was Remember the worst. Remember that? It was <laughs> the worst, bro. It was like no comp on like how bad it was. That was the worst fight when you got two of the most heavy-handed guys in the division. So maybe they do it for them. Like, I don't know. What do you think? And then we'll talk about DC. What do you think happens to Stipe if, uh, if he loses? Who would, it, who would you put him up against? Yeah, uh, so I think I think if he wins, I think it's a no-brainer here. You you have him up against Naganu. Um, Naganu, I think he turned the corner from because he he lost those two fights in pretty quick succession, uh, the Stipe fight and the Derek Lewis fight, mm-hmm. and he just looks he just looks scared. He looked scared to like make a mistake, and um, I don't know like. At that point, he's just coming out. He's just full fury. He doesn't care if, you know, he makes a mistake or whatever. Uh, he's just he fighting. He's fighting the way he wants to fight. And I think that'll bode well if he gets to fight um, Stipe again. If DC wins and they vacate after he retires, Stipe doesn't fight. Uh, try this on for size. I know this has been talked about uh, a few months ago. But as a uh, title fight, how about Francis Ngannou and uh, John Bones Jones Ooh. for the heavyweight belt? 
You brought him up. You brought him up. Okay. So, <laughs> dude, I think actually that would be their number one pick. That's a great call. Bones, for whatever reason, I don't know what's going on. He's been super quiet since all this stuff. Here he has been quiet. Yeah. You know, like there's been nothing of like he's going to do a, a rematch with Dominic Reyes or with Santos. Uh, nothing. It's like super silent. Okay. I agree with you. I think if there's a, and then especially if it's a vacant belt, you know, it's like perfect. It's not like, right, right. Exactly. You know, they're not going to say Stipe has been defending and then, oh, let's just put him in and all these other guys that are in line just get skipped. No, it's kind of like, dude, you got two fresh guys. Francis, they want to win, I would say, because he's so explosive. Uh, I'm saying the title. So it's perfect. I love it. Let me ask you this. I'm with DC. Okay. So I think. DC should retire if he wins. I'm saying 100% no matter what happens. But, okay, if he loses, he's done. I think he's over. He's going to have a, a baby actually in October. Like, he has other kids. You know, he, he's done. If he wins, though, bro, and he's the heavyweight champion, do you think there's a possibility that the UFC in 2021, when there's fans back, whenever that is, says... Hopefully. <laughs> we're go- Exactly, hopefully. We're going to pay you... So much money, bro. Whatever he had, you know, I don't know what would be his number. And he says, let's run the trilogy with Bones Jones for the heavyweight title. Uh, um, I thought I thought you were going a different way there. I thought you were going to uh, say, like, does he fight Francis Ngannou? I was like, no, absolutely not. No. There's no way he takes that fight. <laughs> no, I would say for health purposes, I would avoid that fight at all costs. I don't care how much money they uh, throw at him. I would say he's out. I think he's out on Francis. I think he'd rather vacate than risk that, to be honest. But, dude, think about the trilogy. They've had one of the biggest rivalries in UFC history. Sure, it's 2-0, but both fights, Bones tested or one oh, or uh, it, yeah, I mean, it could be just one oh, <laughs> yeah, or dude. I mean, for one, it was positive, I believe, for the cocaine, and the second one was a positive <laughs> for steroids. So it's like both of them are tarnished, either way, whatever. They're there, there's one no contest, whatever. He lost the both fights. What do you think about that? Is that possible, or is DC done no matter what happens? He literally goes off as the GOAT in UFC heavyweight history, at least. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, it's lost. It's lost some of the steam, especially because Jones has sleptwalked through the, his last couple opponents, where he could have he could have lost those fights. It was reasonable to believe he lost those mm-hmm. fights, but like he's not the superstar he once was. And then with his legal trouble, I don't know if there's going to be enough money involved for DC to you know risk it all on another Jones fight. Um, I think maybe, maybe if like Jones stirs it up or DC says something afterwards or whatever, you get some, you get some marketing going on. But I think DC's done to me no matter what here. Okay. That's fair. I mean, dude, he said he was going to retire at 40 when he turned 40. He'll be 42 in March. So um, I, I'm with it. I'm telling you. I mean, what better way to go off as the grace of all time? I definitely lean towards he's done regardless i'm just saying dude i think dude that would be his only real loss on his record like again kind of tarnished whatever um but he's beat everyone else you know what i mean everyone else and he'll literally be the great uh the greatest heavyweight it's like one more shot i don't know another 10 mil i don't know what what happens dude but it's gonna be interesting dude it's gonna be interesting you have any other thoughts on this ufc 252 man i'm super pumped yeah, um, 
in terms of possibility, I think it's like 80 20 that if like he wins, if he wins, he retires. Uh, but you, like you said, that's probably nagging at him that like he could be considered the greatest um, fighter of all time or top five, top three, whatever. If not for John Jones, that could be weighing on him enough to make him take the fight. But I give it at like 80 20 that he retires with a win or a loss. I, I love it, dude. I love it right there. I think, um, check this out. Just for last thoughts, if he were to <laughs> yeah. win, if he were to win, imagine they, if he beat Bones Jones in the third one. Just imagine. He is undisputed, I would say, the race of all time. That's the only thing. You know, it's like beat everyone and you beat Bones, who is considered by many to be the GOAT because he really hasn't lost to anyone. So, so. You would put him over Silva or uh, GSP? I think at that point, dude, if if, if he beat Bones, um, I think he would be right there, dude. I would say top three, him and GSP. I think Anderson. I can has, agree with top three. Yeah, I think I think him Anderson has made it tough on himself just because he's obviously much older. He's lost several yeah. times, you know. It, it, I think had he retired at the right time, Anderson was almost like, oh my god, you know, like it's difficult to put anyone above him. GSP has two losses. He avenged both. Um, and nobody else has beat him. So that's where I think DC beating Bones, dude, my goodness, be amazing. And if he loses, ah, he says, I made a bunch of money. I tried again, and simply this guy is the one guy that I couldn't beat um, in my career. So, Yeah, that's totally fair. I like that as the last thought. <laughs> Perfect, man. So to get into NBA playoffs preview, let's get it. It's time to transport the Small Scoop of Sports podcast to Orlando. We're joining the NBA bubble for this next hour. Let's go. The NBA bubble has been pretty successful this year so far. Let's hope it continues that way because it's been very nice to be able to watch basketball, especially in, what is it, August? It's August right now. Uh, we never get to see uh, NBA basketball in August unless you're talking like summer league ball or something. But um, the NBA playoffs are starting on August 17th. So we are currently, I think, didn't that just wrap up the last seeding games right here? The, yes. This last uh, Portland, um, I can't even remember who they're playing. Next, Next game, yep. <laughs> It was just on like happened. 10 minutes ago. <laughs> it just happened. We interrupted the yes segment. And yes, you're right, bro. Uh, Portland and the Nets actually just finalized the, the lineup. So we've been in the midst of the last seeding games, and it just got decided. So yes, continue. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when uh, you're trying to cram for four months for the bar exam. I can't even remember what I've forgotten. So <laughs> let's see. Uh, <laughs> it's fair. That's fair. <laughs> They, I need one of those rememberalls from Harry Potter. Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Eastern Conference playoffs, they're all set. Eight team. Um, Bucks, Magic, that's the 1-8. Raptors, Nets, that's the 2-7. Celter- Celtics, Sixers. I almost said Celters. <laughs> Combining the two teams. Celtics, 76ers. The Heat and the Pacers. The West is a bit of a different story, though. Like, we woke up this morning... 
with 11 teams still battling it out for eight spots, Mm -hmm. with that being San Antonio, Phoenix, Portland, and Memphis. But as of right now, there's nine teams left. There's going to be a playing game. Um, But before we get to that, uh, we'll get into some of these playoff. Before we get into the playoff predictions, which includes a playing game, uh, let's talk a little bit about the individual regular season awards as well as like the final regular season games in the bubble. So let's start with the awards real quick. Uh, MVP, Haido, who do you got? MVP, this one's tough, dude, but I'm going to go with Giannis, the Greek freak, Antetokounmpo to go back-to-back, dude. I think, uh, you know, his stats, 29.5, 13.6 rebounds, 5.6 assists, one block and one steal per game. And on top of that, the best record in the NBA. I'm going Giannis. What about you? Do you agree or are you going with one of the other two? Just so everyone knows, the other finalists are LeBron and Harden. So those are the three we can choose from. And then just so the listeners know that they're just deciding the MVP based on uh, pre-COVID, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So it's pre-COVID when it shut down at the m- mid-March, I guess. Um, and with that being said, I'm going with the King. I'm going with LeBron James. He's going to take home another MVP. He's putting up, he put up 25.5, 10.3. 7.9 rebounds per game. He led the league in assists. And the biggest thing for me is anytime LeBron James is off the floor for the Lakers, our offense has just fallen apart. Like he is the heart and soul of that team. I know Anthony Davis is legit. He's one of the best players in the NBA. He can go get 30 every night. But the Lakers would be like a seven seed without LeBron James. It it was brutal during stretches. And anytime he sits to rest a you know a sore groin or whatever, is the Lakers don't even have a chance. <laughs> so I'm going with LeBron to win MVP here. I I love it. I cannot argue. <laughs> I literally have in my notes LeBron a very close second and with the same stats as you, they're number one in the West. Let me ask you this real quick. What who would be a better team if we removed both of them from each team? Would the Lakers be better or would the Bucks be better? Uh, that's a good question. I think the the Lakers would be a little bit better, but I think at best both of these teams would be first round exits if the Bucks make the playoffs, that is. But like Middleton, Middleton's a really good player under the radar. He doesn't get the love because it's it's the Giannis show. And they have a really good supporting cast around Giannis that like they're built for success. Um, but, yeah, that's a good question, and I think the Lakers are better. I, I agree. I think not by much, and I'm with you. I don't think either of them would do anything without them. But just having AD, superstar, who's had a really good season as well, um, I think gives the edge a little bit to Giannis to say who is the real valuable player. But I'm telling you right now, dude, I would not be hurt or mad by any stretch if LeBron won his fifth MVP because – He's very important, and you're right. The offense and the flow, mm, it hurts when LeBron is on the bench, dude. So I'm with it. I like it. it we'll see. Sorry, it's go ahead. brutally bad. It, it is brutally bad, the Lakers' offense, without LeBron. You know, he gets in his, these stretches where he's just making dumb passes and stupid <laughs> mistakes, and, like, and then he goes to the bench and we play a little bit better. But overall, we're like 8 million times better with him and AD on the floor 
or with him on the floor and AD on, you know, getting a breather than we are with AD on the floor and LeBron getting a breather. But it's close. It's a very, it's going to be a very close, tightly contested MVP race. No question. And it's going to be disappointing, dude, for the guy that doesn't win. Cause honestly, they both deserve it. They both right. <laughs> had a heck of a year. And LeBron having his highest assist per game total in his entire career, pretty impressive uh, in year 17. So, um, super dope. We'll see what goes down there. Let's go to rookie of the year, bro. Rookie of the year, you got John Morant, you got Zion Williamson, and then you got Kendrick Nunn, who you got winning the rookie of the year this season. So shout out to Kendrick Nunn. To me, he came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and he's just like, he was a really good player for the Heat, and he's going to be really important for them to see if they can make any kind of run in that Eastern Conference. But to me, there's no question it's Ja Morant here. Like Zion Williamson, if people are if people pick Zion, like the voters, um, what did he play? 18 games in the regular season? Mm-hmm. Like I believe that's what it was. Third, <laughs> 34, 35%. He was on a minutes restriction when he came back. Now, granted, he looked really good. Like he was super tough, 22.5, 6.3. And 3.6 in uh, 27 minutes per game. But, like, if it's it's rookie of the year, not rookie of the month. So, I'm going with <laughs> John Moran here. 17.9, 7.2, 3.7. And he's led his team to at least a play-in game. Spoiler alert. So, we'll see. We'll see. I'm going with Jaw, though. You? Beautiful. I, I Perfect, dude. I think, I think if this was... If Zion could have done it for even half the season or longer, uh, I think those stats that you just mentioned were so impressive, uh, especially at the amount of minutes that he was playing. Um, he he would have won it even then, dude. I think he – dude, people were already talking about, oh, could we give it to Zion, this and that? And it was just like, dude, he's played so few games that it'd be almost like a robbery. Him being a finalist is, is, is fair, but – I'm going with Jaw as well, dude. I mean, you're talking about a guy averaging 18 and seven his first year. Um, got his team potentially in the playoffs. We'll see after this weekend if they make it or not after playing Portland. Um, so yeah, I'm with it. I think it's got to go. Oh, spoiler! No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. And then it's got to go to uh, to to Kendrick Nunn. A lot of respect, like you said. I think he's going to be valuable for a team that could really make some noise. We'll see. We'll we'll get into those uh, uh, matchups here uh, in, shortly, but. None could be important. It's just Jaw has been the best rookie, uh, bar none. So Jaw Morant, mad props, dude. And I think, real quick, I think you called it before. Is that mm-hmm. what you picked? In the, you I did, didn't want right? to toot my own horn, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good call, dude. Good call. I think uh, Zion, unfortunately, got injured. Um, and and Jaw did it all season. So good call. And I think he's going to win it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for that. I I was like, do I take a victory lap here? Do I not? Um, I'll play it by ear. <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right. So six. Uh, no, sorry. Excuse me. That's the next one. Uh, most improved player. Um, who you got for this one? The finals. The finals are Bam Adebayo. Is that how you say it? Adebayo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I've always thought it was Adebajo, like the Y makes a J sound. But uh, uh, I don't think so. I, maybe, <laughs> maybe, but I don't no, think I, so. I have no, no claims to substantiate this opinion just <laughs> in my personal head. <laughs> gotcha. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, and then Brandon Ingram and Luka Doncic. So who you got? 
I just want to start off by saying it's crazy that Luca um was on here because Luca had a heck of a season last year. I think he averaged like twenty one seven or something like that. Um, I'll I'll confirm that here in a little bit. Um, but no, my winner it is gonna be um <laughs> he says I'm ready to rock. Uh, dude, I'm looking <laughs> at twenty one seven point eight and six. That's what yeah, he averaged as a nice rookie. Season. That's crazy, bro. And then just saying, I mean, he has improved twenty nine. 9.5 and 9. That's just ridiculous, dude. I mean, that's crazy. But if we're talking about a guy that has most improved, I'm going to go with Brandon Ingram, dude. Um, This one hurts. I know you and I have talked about it a lot, especially when it went down that Ingram went to the Pelicans for uh, AD and that obviously big, big deal, big team swap. Um, But dude, he went from 18.3 to 23.8, 5.1 rebounds to 6.1 three to 4.2 assists and then half a block to a one block. So he doubled that. But the most impressive stats to me were that he went from a 68% free throw shooter to an 85% free throw shooter and a 33% three point shooter to 39. So uh, all this on top of being the number one guy on the team, meaning he was getting the best defender every single night from the opposing team, especially while Zion was out. So uh, to me, Brandon Ingram made the step, the 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 jump that you need from ah he's a good player. We'll see what he can do to being like damn this guy is gonna be nice for a while. So I'm gonna go with Bi. What about you? I think that's a great description here. Um, it kind of bothers me that Ingram made that leap at the free throw line. Uh, apparently, the Lakers just don't care about free throw shooting as much. <laughs> Because he was awful from the free throw line when he was with the Lakers. Uh, that's That can't be understated how good he is now. Um, but uh, Bam, shout out to Bam. Um, he went from 8.9 points per game to 15.9, mm-hmm. 7.3 rebounds to 10.2. And he actually averages five assists a game for a big man. That's crazy. Especially one that you, that's not like a... It's not like a Giannis big man or a LeBron big man. It's like a like a big man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like a real big man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, go bang it out in the paint. He's an excellent passer. Um, shout out to him. But I <laughs> I have to go with Luka Doncic. I have to go with Luka Doncic here. I think even though his rookie season, he put up 21.7.8 and 6 per game. Like, he made an 8-point leap. To like he he could have been a an MVP finalist this year. Um, he was that good, almost a triple double every night. He's a very solid shooter, um, and he got the Mavs to the playoffs. They look like a good team. Um, you can never you can never know when Kristaps Porzingis is going to miss games or not. But like he's like, ah, who I got this. I don't care who who's here. I got this. So I'm going to go with Luka Doncic. Interesting. Okay, so just to uh, to get clear on your description, and I don't disagree because, I mean, he made a crazy leap. Do you think Luka should have been in that final three uh, for the MVP? Because you're right, dude. I mean, you're talking about 29-99, and they're making the playoffs, and it's ridiculous. I just feel, and, and before you answer, I just feel he wouldn't win this because he was so good as a rookie. You know, he was amazing as a rookie. It's like, did he become that much better to win the award? But your description is also very fair. 
Yeah, um, as basketball reference like to, likes to call him, the matador. Uh, the matador. He's... <laughs> Here we go. These guys are always uh, swaggy on Swaggy L. <laughs> <laughs> so I think most improved doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a meh player, a mediocre player, a role player, anything like that, and make the jump. You can also make the jump from being an all-star to being just a superstar. And I think that's what he did here. Um, I don't think he'll be in the top. I, he should have been in the top three. That's no disrespect to him. But, like, you got James Harden leading the league in points. You got uh, Giannis and LeBron doing everything on the number one teams in the conferences. But, like, he had a very solid argument. And I can't, I can't uh, look past his, like, super good rookie season to make this pick here. That's fair. Okay. I like it, dude. It's going to be it's going to be a tough one. Uh, I'm very interested to see who they pick here. I do think Bam is a third of, of all three, although he really improved as well. And those assists are pretty impressive. So we'll see, dude. We'll see who wins it. I like it. Let's move on to um, sixth man. Sixth man of the year. Uh, I think this personally is the toughest one to pick of all. Let's see what you think. Um, the finalists were Montrez Harrell, Dennis Schroeder, and Lou Williams. So you actually have two teammates um, as the best six man uh, finalist. So it's very interesting who you got here. So it's funny, no disrespect to Dennis Schroeder, but I'm like, who's he playing for again? <laughs> yeah, where's he been? Where did he come from? Uh, like, no, seriously. <laughs> for Oklahoma. He's for, wait, okay, see, the right? Thunder? Oh, my tripping. Yes, the Thunder. Yeah. Uh, now you got thunder, me, okay. no, now you got me doubting. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I was all confident. I'm like, wait, hold on. What's going on here? Yes. For the Thunder. No disrespect. I just, I, it's just funny. Um, I got to go with Lou Williams here, though. Uh, Lou Williams, he, he's probably the best sixth man of the year, like of the decade, probably. For real? Um, He's, you know, he's a little, he's a little shy of his 22 and 20 points per game, like scoring he set the last two years. But I mean, they got, they got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to come in at this point. And he's still at 18, 5.6 and 2.6 or 3.1 per game. He shoots, um, he shoots the three at 35%. It's just the, the difference to me is like, this Clippers team, they need Lou Williams to be able to uh, compete for a championship here. He is like their only playmaker. Like, it sounds weird to say, but like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are scorers. That's what they do. They score. But he's like, they're like, he can score. He can he can get to the line. He can dish it and he can run an offense too because Pat Bev is just there to annoy people. So I got to go <laughs> with Lou Williams. <laughs> okay. Okay. And you know what? Okay. I, I got a question for you, but I'm going to go with his teammate, bro. I think Harold Montrez Harold should win this award. Um, and the reason being, so all three of these guys are more or less uh, 18 and six, 18 and seven, uh, depending on what it is, right? Points or rebounds or points or assists. Um, the, the reason why I would give the edge to Harold is because I think he's actually the most important of the three for their team. Let me tell you why. During crunch time, um, Ibika Zubach, who was a Laker, ended up bouncing, 
he's the starter. Thanks a lot, Magic. Right, right? <laughs> which is why Harrell is 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 a uh, you know backup in, in in the contention for six man, so he doesn't start. But when it really comes down to it, Harrell is there in crunch time, defending most of the time. You know, whoever big man is on the court, he's pretty versatile, and I think he's very important. Again, why he averages his his season averages are eighteen point six. 7.1 rebounds and then he has he averaged 1.1 block um on only 27.8 minutes per game i'd say that's pretty good um for if that's your backup and then again he's pretty versatile on the defensive end he doesn't guard smaller guys but he can bang you know with the four or so and, and mess around or obviously be with the big guys so that's why i would give it to harold but we saw in the bubble especially dude Lou Will, when he's over there eating chicken wings um, at the club, <laughs> his, 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 his offensive second unit really actually needs him for the Clippers. So what do you think about that? You know, two teammates, they average almost the same, which is pretty funny um, to me. They, they're pretty important. It's tough, dude. It's tough to pick. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he can go wrong here either. I think any, any of these three players are deserving um, I mean, I don't think the Thunder would be where they are without Dennis Shooter, even though I forgot he was on the Thunder. <laughs> but... <laughs> he goes, he's very important, actually. He's very important. <laughs> yeah, it's just like they out they outproduced all like outpaced, not outproduced, outpaced everyone's projections. And like they're a legitimate threat to the Houston Rockets. Um and it's not just Chris Paul. It's not just Shea Gilgis Alexander. It's a lot to do with uh, Schroeder leading that second unit. But Lou Williams is leading the best second unit in all of basketball. It is such a weapon. They score 51 points per game from the bench. And I think some of Montrez Harrell's um, value on the offensive end comes from Lou Williams, even though Harrell's a great defender. And that, that's just why I would give a slight edge to Lou Will. That's fair. And we didn't, yeah, we didn't really talk that much about Schroeder. And you know what? Just real quick, I saw this um, before we move on to the next one. Dude, the, after they lost Russell Westbrook, OKC that is, um, and uh, sorry, after they lost Paul George, ESPN experts gave them, uh, gave the Thunder a 0.2% chance. <laughs> 0.2 of making the playoffs. And they literally finished with the same exact record as the Houston Rockets at 44 and 27, or they are right now. They're going to face each other. So, you know, credit to Schroeder because you're right. It wasn't just CP3 or Shea. Um, he was a big part of this and obviously averaging as well um, 18 points, if I'm not 18.9. So you could almost say 19 points and four assists a game. So just wanted to throw that out there because ESPN experts um, didn't seem like they were really experts um, on this quote, one here. quote, experts, unquote. Uh, <laughs> exactly but exactly. okay <laughs> this one's a tough one too these are all tough defensive player of the year Giannis Antetokounmpo Anthony Davis and Rudy Gobert who you got ah this one's tough dude this one's a good one um I'm gonna go remember with... yes yes so real quick before you say I just want to <laughs> throw that out there Rudy Gobert shut down the entire league. So I just wanted to throw that out. <laughs> oh, man, you know what? I'm changing it. You're right. That was the biggest stop that there's been. You know what? I totally mis- misplaced that. Wow. That was a good one, dude. Oh, man. You're right. Uh, so uh, Gobert is up there. But 
uh, in all seriousness, I'm going to go with Anthony Davis, dude. I think AD uh, deserves this one. Damn, that was a good one, bro. Um, <laughs> he, he, he deserves it. He, he went uh, 2.3 blocks per game and 1.5 steals compared to 2.0 and 0.8 for Gobert. Um, and that's just, you know, the two basic that I guess you could use just two stats. But his presence, dude, um, on the defensive end for the Lakers, especially, again, in crunch time, you always see AD um, guarding at some point, it seems, a guard or someone smaller for a tough possession. And he ends up somehow getting a stop. Um, his versatility and the ability to switch and pretty much guard anyone is truly impressive. Again, those stats are much better than Gobert's, and I just think that AD, dude, has been a crazy presence on the defensive end this year for the Lakers. So he deserves it, in my opinion. What do you think? Uh, do you agree? Yeah, I would give it to Anthony Davis as well because of that versatility you were talking about. Like, I know Giannis can guard multiple positions too, but like Anthony Davis is was third in the league in blocks per game at 2.3. Like, it allowed the Lakers to do some things on the defensive end because they knew they had Anthony Davis down low, ready to switch over, ready to reject it. Um, he's also a good, like, one-on-one -on -one defender as well. Shout out to, <clears throat> excuse me, shout out to Giannis and Gobert as well. I just think Go it wasn't there for Gobert this year as, as it has been in the past. So mm -hmm. I think Davis will edge him out just a little bit unless they take uh the stoppage into consideration <laughs> no if they take that in he's got it. it's a lock it's a lock um oh man that was a good one i like it bro. and Giannis, yeah i didn't really mention him um but very versatile as well but yeah you're i think just the presence dude the presence of ad um does give the lakers kind of a chance to even sometimes gamble dude you know and, and do kind of a little bit risky things that in a way you wouldn't if you didn't have a guy like that behind you and being like that that's at least our, our kind of last wall there for for no matter what happens you know so um yeah good, good good point there good point um so we're both with ad we'll see what goes down and the very last one um yearly award is gonna be coach of the year bro coach of the year you got mike budenholzer uh billy donovan and nick nurse so we pretty much talked about almost i feel most of these teams, obviously, you got the Thunder, the Bucks, and the Toronto Raptors. Who do you got and why? I did you not mention um, Frank Vogel? Where is he? Frank Vogel is not <laughs> there, and he no. That is I, a robbery. <laughs> no, you said, dude. I, I was gonna say he should definitely be here, but I wanted to hear why. Why do you think actually Vogel? Obviously, we're number one. Why do you think he wasn't on here? That's where I was wondering too. Looking at the list, I'm like, hmm, a little sketchy, a little sketchy. Yeah, it's like, what were the Lakers this, last year? What they have about 35-ish wins off the top it, of my head. I'm thinking of like 35, 36. That's, I think we finished 35, yes, which means uh, 17 more wins in one year. Are they crediting all that to AD or what's going on here? Because Frank didn't get no love at all. Yeah, and that's that's – considering that we we played what 10 less games than a full season too mm -hmm. um, which, it could have been like to 20 to 25 more wins like the he had a really good year with the lakers and like you can say like oh well yeah you had lebron like well yeah lebron last or the lakers had the lebron last year um but we had the deer in the headlights last year too 
Uh, that's a that's a story for a different time but um (laughs) i guess maybe it's not a diss to him it's more of just like a nod to these other three but like mike budenholzer like nothing changed with the milwaukee bucks this year Mm -hmm. like uh i he doesn't win the uh coach of the year for me i prefer vogel over budenholzer like but between Billy Donovan and Nick Nurse, they both did really excellent jobs. I have to go with Nick Nurse, though. I, I'm going to go with Nick Nurse. They lost Kawhi Leonard. They're coming off a championship. You can say, like, oh, it's going to be like a like a um, championship hangover, especially without their best player. But, like, they have such a good team. And it's just they fly under the radar. Like, it's... Uh, it's they're a lot of fun to watch as like just team basketball every every night there's someone stepping up um and they might be as good as they were last year which is a huge credit to his part like they shut us down the other night mm-hmm. on the defensive end they just had answers for everything so i'm going with nicholas nurse okay there's a lot there i i'll start off with the vogel thing dude i think he didn't get it remember our preseason um, talk with Mike, I remember we talked, we're like, will Vogel be able to handle all these personalities? Will he get fired within the first 10, 15 games? Blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, you okay. know, remember? <laughs> remember? And um, he, he, yeah, go ahead. He said, he said, um, shout out to Mike. Uh, he's, he said Jason Kidd would take over before yep. the season is over. So I just wanted to, so I want to throw that out there. <laughs> that, no, that's right, dude. That's almost, we were talking about Vogel. Like, can he even handle this? He, he's never been in this. Obviously, with Indiana, he was there, but blah, blah, blah. And look, dude, I think he was, there was never at one point any controversy or any doubt that Vogel could handle the squad. He did his job. He stayed quiet and he did an excellent job winning the first seed in the West. So, just wanted to throw that out there, which I do believe as well. Mike Budenholzer did a great job, best record in the NBA, but not much change. They even had almost another year to work together. So um, fair enough. It is what it is. With Billy Donovan and Nick Nurse, dude, ah, man, this was tough for me. I'm going to give a fifty, about a 53 to 47 edge to Nick Nurse as well, dude. And you mentioned a lot of great points. That finals MVP, you're the champ. But he left, and I feel like a lot of people were like, oh, man, Toronto's just going to be happy. They're, they won their chip, and they're just going to kind of kick it, see what they can do. Instead, dude, I the reason why I give that edge, because we just talked about the percentage that supposedly OKC had to make the playoffs, 0.2, and they're the four seed. Impressive. The reason why I would give it to Nick Nurse just by a little is that they finished with 52 wins, bro. And as you said, they, they could have finished maybe with 60 because they played – 71 games, right. 52 and 19. You're talking about a team that lost the best player last year and people didn't expect much. And you get the second seed. You could talk about the second best record in the NBA because they tied with the Lakers at 52 and 19. I'm impressed, bro. And I think that has a lot to do with coaching. They do have a strong squad, but man, Nick Nurse has done some magic. And I wouldn't, I would go as far as to say I wouldn't be surprised if they're back in the NBA Finals somehow um, with Nick, you know, leading them there, dude, which would be crazy if they could probably beat the Bucks, which I think would be the closest uh, comp. So truly impressive, man. Um, Yeah, to speak a little to that. So, like, they have one, two, three, four, six players that average more than 10 points per game. Hmm. Who does that remind you of? What, what kind of team does that remind you of in the last 20 years? 
Uh, the uh, who the Spurs or who are you talking about? Yeah, mm-hmm. the Spurs. If this was the Spurs, if you just replaced Nick Nurse with Greg Popovich, people are like, oh, Greg Popovich is like the greatest coach of all time. Look what he did. They yep. lost Kawhi. Um, it's a, he's a shoe in. Nick Nurse doesn't get. He doesn't get hate. He just didn't, doesn't get as much love. And it's just like Pascal, 22.9. Lowry, 19.4. Van Vliet, 17.6. Powell, 16. Ibaka, 15.4. And Ananobi is at 10.6. And that's not even considering Powell, or not Powell, Mark Casals, <laughs> you know, he's at, he's at the triple single here. He's at 7.7, 6.3, and 3.3. Per game, he kind of does a little bit of everything for that team. He, he, I, no disrespect to Donovan because uh, the Thunder are, like you said, nobody expected him to be there. I didn't. I expected the Raptors to make the playoffs, but maybe like as like a six or a seven seed or something, mm-hmm. five seed at the most. Yep. But it's just like the Raptors can win a championship. I'm not convinced Oklahoma City can make it out of the first round. If they do, great. If not, uh. Well, it's just it was a good season, guys. That that's a good way of putting it. Actually, dude, hadn't thought about that. I, I how uh, how truly surprised would we be if OKC made it right and won the championship? At, to whereas right. you go to Toronto and you're like, ah, it, it wouldn't be that crazy, actually. So good point, and um, I would like Nick to get the love that he deserves, dude. So um, it's gonna be interesting. They they're definitely deserving. We'll see who who gets the award, but. That brings us to the end of the individual season awards. Now, let's get into this actual like NBA bubble talk, dude. What what have you thought of the NBA bubble setup? You know, Quinn, in terms of game atmosphere, competition level, broadcast, all that stuff. Like, have you felt that it's been super different from normal games, or wh- what have been your thoughts? No, not really. Like, I yeah, you miss you know how hyped the fans get, but like. They have their little virtual fans around the stadium, which is super cool. Mm-hmm. And then they have the they, you know, whoever's the home team gets to control the noise. And I think it's a lot better than baseball in terms of like the crowd noise. Um, and then, you know, they just get after it uh, just like a regular NBA game. I think the bubble has been a lot of fun. They literally spared no expense. You know, they're putting in game rooms. They're stocking the lakes with fish with fish. So, that, you know, on their day off, they can go to the lake as long as they stay within the bubble, you know, catch some fish. Um, they're also going to bring their family in, which is super cool. It's going to be hard. We've talked about this. It's going to be a lot of work, but I think um, they wouldn't be doing it if the players didn't want it. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, it's, the bubble's super cool. And honestly, I'm a little jealous that I'm not in the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> like, I second when, that. <laughs> what where else can you see me that would make me happier than just being in a small area with like a numerous um amenities and just you know being cut off from the world just watching basketball just doing my job and then you know just just chilling <laughs> I, dude i think you and so many other people right now including myself i'm jealous say, you know that <laughs> especially after these last well almost five months now i'd say um of craziness it'd be like Hey, it's not not a bad idea to kind of be isolated. Like you said, they have a great setup, um, a lot of props to the NBA because, yeah, they, they haven't held back at all, man. They haven't worried about, you know, uh, I think cutting costs or saving in a way. I think they've tried to make it as high quality as possible. 
And as of now, there's still been zero positive tests. I think now for three weeks in a row, a zero out of like 340 or something like that. So it's worked like a wonder. And I agree with you, dude. Um, I haven't noticed that much of a difference. I think, you know, so the role players, uh, it, it's a normal kind of like progression of getting into basketball shape and getting into basketball rhythm. But they've done a great job of, the, of, of having the in-game atmosphere noise-wise as much as possible. And the competition level has been pretty good, I would say, dude. I mean, these guys are some of the best athletes in the world. And I think if they're playing pickup with the homies or like they are now in the bubble, um, they want to win. So that's been awesome. The one difference, dude, that I think I've noticed um, is the missing factor of how teams play at home versus on the road. You know, I think yeah. uh, in the bubble, the playing field has been evened up big time, which uh, is cool because, yeah, there's more parity in the in the league. But at the same time, that is the, the advantage of, you know, being at home and, and having a team travel on a plane, maybe back to backs or on a road trip. And it's kind of like that evens up um, a lot of things, whether you're tired, blah, blah, whatever it is, you slept at home versus sleeping in a hotel room. So that to me has been the difference. Um, but again, Maybe it's a good thing because we get to see actually who's the better team instead of, oh, wow, the, let's say, OKC crowd is so lit that it gives them an advantage or Portland's crowd is always really great, things like that, you know? But other than that, dude, I have not been disappointed one bit. The Nuggets with their opponents, you know, traveling to the Mile High City, you know, thin air up there. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I haven't been disappointed either. I haven't been able to watch as much as I'd like. Um, you know, with things going on, um, hopefully, you know, the Lakers are still in by, by the time September, uh, 10th rolls around. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun to check out a few of these games. Um, but with that being said, do you think they should have gone through with the bubble for the bottom eight teams that were left out? Um, what would you have wanted if you were them? That's a good question, dude. I think, um, in this case, it's worked out well for these teams. We obviously forgot about those bottom eight teams because they, they just haven't been playing. But I think they did the right thing <laughs> in, in, in not in not playing, uh, not doing something. Because I think they had talked about like in Detroit or something. I can't remember. Um, Chicago, maybe. Was it Chicago? Yeah, something like I that. So. Um, where that's where they were going to do it for them. But in my opinion, bro, like what for? You know, you're really not playing for anything else other than pride. They're still getting paid. Um, and it's not worth for me getting an injury or even catching the, the virus for, you know, I don't know, just playing some games, dude. Again, you're Steph not Steph Curry. It, it, literally, bro. Yeah, might as well. Kevin, I mean, Durant obviously wasn't going to be playing there with the Nets, but I'm saying maybe he goes, I don't know, picks up. I don't know what they would do. It seems a little bit more of like there's no purpose to me to risk your health um, when you're out there. Maybe even Clay would have tried to get in on the action. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's not worth it to me, dude. So I'm not disappointed at all that, that they didn't have it. What about you? Same. Uh, yeah, there's no purpose to it either. But even though we'd like to see if, like, the Warriors um, healthy team, see what they're about. Mm -hmm. uh, or, like, Trey Young. Trey Young is always so much fun to watch. He, he was the big one that was left out that I was kind of bummed about. But, like, the Knicks, like... I don't want to watch them play anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> or the Cavs, or uh, you know, yeah. even the Pistons. To be honest, bro, you said it. Atlanta dope because Trey is fun to watch. But 
other than that, we're not missing that much if we're being honest. <laughs> right. <laughs> Chicago, okay, sometimes like I do <laughs> I do like Kobe White, um, but not enough to be like, oh, I gotta watch them play the Cavs uh in the alternate bubble. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, it's a good decision, I think. I'm I'm with it, dude. Yeah, and, and again, not we imagine someone tears something or, or whatever. It's like right. dude, that was literally for nothing but to like just I don't know, play play some meaningless games. So um I think we're in agreement there. Now, uh talking about the actual teams that did come to the bubble balling, um, let me ask you who has been the biggest positive surprise of the NBA bubble for you, whether it's a team or a player? Oh, it's got to be the Suns. It can't not be the Suns. They, okay, here, I'm going to get on my soapbox here. For those <laughs> that don't know, the Suns went 8 0. They were invited to the bubble as a team that can make it. They go 8 0, and mm-hmm. they don't even make a play in game. What's that about, NBA? Like, why are you going to invite a team that can go 8 0 and still miss the play in game? Um, like, they, you, they should have left the Suns home, but. Knowing what we know now, the Suns were a lot of fun to watch. Um, they should be playing the Memphis Grizzlies. They both have the same record. And the Portland Trailblazers, who you know got the quote-unquote eight seed for the playing game, had one more regular season game than both of those teams. I mean, the Spurs had five less games. Um, but yeah, that's my rant about what, not getting to see the Suns and the Blazers go at it for that eight seed. It's kind of a bummer because the Suns were the biggest surprise, only team to go eight now, and they were so much fun to watch. Dude, I I'm with it. They were sixty to one odds to make the playoffs at the start of the <laughs> bubble, bro. Like it was uh, like they invited them and they're like, ah, we're just gonna invite them because they're you know they're down there. Let's give them a shot. But eight and zero, dude. I can't imagine how disappointed they are. I think this at least helps them to create some confidence in themselves going into true. next season. You know and. Devin Book, dude, also, I think he gained mad respect from not only fans, but his peers around the league, dude, of saying, like, damn, dude, I, I didn't realize that Book is only 23 years old, dude. Like, that's that's pretty wild what he's doing um, for this team. He, I don't think he's been surrounded by the talent that he needs. And so, um, dude, you'll be 24 at the start of next year. I'm with you. That's what was uh, exciting for me. And I figured you would pick them. So I also wanted to give a shout out to the Blazers, dude. I think the Blazers, um, they Dame finished. Dame they, 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 Dame Dalla, uh, it's, it let the raps chill for a little bit. And he came and balled out, bro. They're sick. They finished six and two after tonight's game. They are there for the eighth spot. And, um, dude, I'm telling you right now, um, I feel confident they're going to, they'll, they'll be there. We'll, we'll talk about it here in a little bit. Um, and they're someone to watch, dude. I think Dame Dalla is one of the ruthless players of the whole league. Um, just so you know, he dropped 61, 51, and 45, all while being in the bubble. Um, and he's just been a savage, dude. So that's the other team I just wanted to give a shout-out because I knew the Suns. I agree, that's my number one. But just to give someone else some love, the Blazers, dude. Crazy. Yeah, just to put that into perspective, like, the Blazers were not probably may not make the playoffs if this just goes like um, regular season. They mm-hmm. weren't looking too great, uh, even though Dame is awesome. Um, but like his last four games in the bubble, he averaged, let's see here, 39 points per game. Sheesh. 39, 
eight and he was shooting 42 percent from three which is insane for someone because crazy. he's shooting 13 threes a game <laughs> crazy dude i didn't realize he dropped 42 tonight too i hadn't even looked at the stats so <laughs> 60 oh yeah 51, 45 and 42 yeah so it goes up at that point like and he shot well too and they they needed every single point from Damian Lillard to make this playing game and uh, he's just he's he's just awesome and shout awesome. out to Skip Bayless for making him mad <laughs> for real dude what a dummy he woke up a, <laughs> a, a, a sleeping monster dude 8 of 14 for 3 by the way just tonight 8 with 12 assists my goodness i had not seen this stat line dude just Dame Dollar is a killer bro yeah, that makes me nervous. That makes me nervous. Um, <laughs> but okay, so who was the biggest letdown of the NBA bubble? Could be a team or a player. For me, dude, the biggest let letdown were the Pelicans, bro. The Pelicans <laughs> were a disappointment, man. I think not only because, you know, I think everyone was excited about, um, you know, seeing Thanos, uh, uh, Zion, supposedly, this and that. <laughs> I don't know what happened to that bro i don't know he did not look like he was ready to play they obviously as well didn't really play him um that much so it was a little bit of both but they had a real shot at getting in and dude they their last three games they lost to orlando sacramento san antonio they beat washington and then they lost to sacramento again so out of their last five they lost four um and they you know they only got two wins in the bubble dude so two and six didn't play Zion and didn't even give themselves not even a shot at the playing dude. So Pelicans for sure take it for me um, as being the worst team of the bubble that I had some high hopes for. What about you? Yeah, it's got to be the Pelicans here. I was trying to determine if I wanted to like pick a different team. I could have went with the Mavs. They had a chance to move up a little bit and mm -hmm. avoid the Clippers in the first round, but they didn't really play that well, even though Luca played insanely well. Um, but yeah, it's gotta be the Pelicans, <laughs> the Pelicans, what they were one and three, two and three, two and six in, in the bubble. They just absolutely flamed out. And, uh, even from game one, um, coach Gentry, he, uh, he was like, Hey, yeah, I know we're trying to make the playoffs here, but we got to get, we got to get Zion some rest. You know, it's only playing like. 14 minutes and lose this game by one or by two or whatever it was when Ingram had that chance to win it at the end. Uh, and that just set the tone for the rest of their bubble. It's just like, it's, it was more important for them to like get Zion rest and not overextend him. And they just lost all of their like momentum they had before COVID shut everything down. Yep, 100%. And Lonzo too, bro. Lonzo did not play well um, in the bubble. I, I hope he, he had a good season. He was finally looking like he was on the come up of being, you know, a very solid uh, point guard. We know he's very good on the defensive end, and it just didn't translate. And, again, they were horrible, dude. Two and six, didn't even give themselves a shot. So, I, uh, we agree there as well. Pelicans, dude. So, before getting into playoff predictions, who is the team? Let me get your prediction. Who's winning the last spot in the West? We know it was four teams. Now it's down to two. Portland and Memphis, just so you know, Portland has to win one. Memphis would have to win two uh, against Portland to get in. What do you think goes down? Uh, 
Yeah, I don't see any way that Memphis even wins one here. I mean, Ja, ja is doing some special things over there, but uh, you can't you can't deny Damian Lillard at this point. Um, especially in the playoffs, he like rises to another level mm-hmm. when his team needs him most. Not so much in the Western Conference Finals last year because they were just out- overmatched in every way, but. Um, like he's he might have the two most memorable shots of the last like <laughs> 10 12 years that weren't in the finals like how how baller can you say like you ended a series you clinched a series on a super tough three one of them was against the rockets they were mm-hmm. down to that game game 6 it would have been a game 7 and he just iced it and then the the thunder he literally destroyed the <laughs> the roster everyone scattered after they played Damian Lillard mm-hmm. but I think Damian Lillard's gonna go for 40 again and the uh Grizz are gonna lose by like 10 to 12 okay what about you yeah yeah I dude the fact that Paul George and Patrick Beverly were talking smack <laughs> That's a bad to shot. Damian Lillard yeah says. no no yeah, exactly and uh, dude <laughs> The other day, I'm not sure if you saw actually, but Dame Lillard missed uh, two free throws at the end of the game, two which he rarely does um, against the Clippers. And Patrick Beverly and Paul George were clowning on him, um, laughing. Uh, pa- Beverly was, oh, Dame time yelling. You could see it. You could read his, his mouth, you know. And Dame says, man, they both know. He goes, I sent them both home. Um, on a game winner. And it's true. Yeah, you just went yeah, over both of them. And Pat was on Houston. And PG was literally guarding Dame on a crazy distance three. Um, it's amazing. And, you, dude, uh, yeah, Paul George maybe would have stayed in OKC. We never know what can happen. Uh, but he sent him home, and he literally waved at Paul George and OKC after he did that. So I'm with it, dude. Uh, it's going to be scary um, to see Dame and the rest of the squad, dude. They, they also, you know. Uh, he's obviously McCollum. Yeah, dude, you got <laughs> CJ who doesn't get as much love. He's definitely not on on game times um, level. But you're talking about a team that still has some ballers, dude. You're talking about a team with Melo who's played well, not the old Melo, but he's still playing well. Lillard, McCollum, Gary Trent Jr. has been playing well, and even Hassan Whiteside who isn't also what he was in Miami. But these are good players that at some point in some games can make it a tough series and um you know it's gonna be competition that maybe you wouldn't expect as early in the playoffs but i do think they'll get it done and it's gonna be kind of a a a rude rude awakening for early playoffs for for the lake show so we'll see what happens but i do have portland winning against memphis be it uh on the first game or the second game i think they get it done yeah. All right. Well, there you have it. We we both have Portland moving on to the become the uh, eight seed, taking on the Lakers. We'll see what happens. But for now, let's get into our playoff predictions. Just to remind the listeners, um, the Eastern Conference playoffs. We got the Bucks Magic, we got the Raptors Nets, we got the Celtics Sixers, and we've got the Heat and the Pacers um, on the other side of the ball. 
We've got the Lakers against the winner of that playing game, which is Portland or Memphis. We're both saying it's Portland, so I'm just going to put Portland in for purposes of this segment. Two versus seven is Clippers, Mavs. Three versus six is Denver, Utah, which is kind of interesting. And then four versus five is the Rockets and Thunder, which is also very interesting. Uh, I'll start it off here. So any big upsets going down in the first round that you see like an eight beating a seven or uh, or an eight beating a seven an eight <laughs> or a seven beating a two or a one or do you see do you see it kind of chalky i think um in the east i would say i'm almost certain that we will not see an upset i don't think orlando can beat milwaukee or brooklyn beat toronto um, I think those two teams are very tough at one and two and the seven and eight are just not that good um, in the West though. I wouldn't go as far as to say it will happen. Uh, assuming that we are both correct and Portland makes uh, the eight seed. I think that's going to be the dangerous. Yeah. I, I know we're both Lakers fans. We love them. I just think Portland is coming with game time with some momentum. They weren't expected to make the playoffs, as you said, if the season went on as normal, I do not think they would be here. Now they have a second chance. They have kind of this life that they just simply did not have before the bubble. Um, I think that series will go six, maybe even seven, dude. I don't know why I kind of fear the Blazers against the Lakers. Um, and and it's going to be tough. I, I st- I'm not saying again, just to be clear, that the Lakers will lose. What I'm saying is, it's not going to be easy as you would expect a one versus eight to happen. Um, and Dallas will be a tough competition for the Clippers, but I, the Clippers will take them out. I would even say in five. So um, my biggest fear, Portland against the Lakers, again, assuming we are correct. What about you? Do you agree or uh, you have no fear whatsoever for these, uh, you know, one and twos on both sides? Uh, so we'll start in the Eastern Conference. I think you undersold it by saying the Raptors and the uh, Bucks are going to win the series. You don't see much <laughs> of a chance. I think, I think I would be shocked if the Nets and the Magic combined for more than one win in those first round series. I think okay. both <laughs> both That's are going to be fair. sweeps, <laughs> but maybe one one of those two teams, you know, catch fire and just rain threes and get a get a game but that's about it like th- <laughs> that's enough. locked and loaded over there um <laughs> over there he said that's that's a dumb way over, over there <laughs> <laughs> even though they're all in orlando <laughs> uh the west i think so clippers mavs i think the mavs are really gonna battle them luke is gonna show that he's he's a superstar he's gonna get him two games but the clippers will win in six um so that leads that leads the last one. I saved it for last. <laughs> uh, so the Lakers, Blazers. The weird thing about the Blazers is they're always do or die with Damian Lillard. Like CJ McCollum can put up twenty to twenty five a night, but if Damian Lillard has a bad game, the Blazers are going to lose the game. Um, and Damian Lillard also has the ability to put the team on his back and have them win games. For that reason, though, I don't, I don't think the Blazers can keep it up for a full series. They'll yeah. they'll take one for sure, if not two. I w- I feel comfortable saying six games. Um, it's going to be tough, but like 
one Achilles heel for the Lakers against Portland is always playing in Portland. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think if it was like a first round, like a matchup, like uh, normal home home courts, this would scare me a little more to where it's like seven games. But in the bubble, I think the Lakers um, will get it done in six. That goes to, to the point that we were talking earlier, you know, is like this is where yeah. uh, in this sense it actually benefits the Lakers because you're right, dude, playing in Portland – Histor- I mean, obviously, division rivals, but we can't for play some in reason, Portland. It's yeah, so hard. <laughs> what is it for sure? And this goes back to years and years, dude, of whatever it is. It's not that far. Um, again, it's a division rival who you play often, and yet we have problems with them. Um, and actually, they are not a division. Am I tripping on division rival? I don't know why I'm saying that. And now my brain is no, it, they're not. Yeah, I don't know why I was yes. saying that. Um, I was thinking about Golden State for some reason, so. I take that back. They're not a division rival. They're just a rival, actually. Um, that always makes it tough on us. Going back to, um, like we said, we've talked about the Black Mamba, getting those game winners at the end of the season, this and that. You know, so um, I'm with it. The Lakers benefit from not having to play in Portland. So that should be good. We'll see what happens. Um, let me ask you now, going into the playoffs, we assume one and twos are safe. What are you thinking with the rest of the series? How do you see um, each conference going? And I guess take us to who your conference finalists are so we can narrow it down to a total of four teams, however way you kind of want to talk about it. Who do you see advancing not just that first round, but taking it all the way to make it into that semifinal, we could say? Okay, yeah. Um, I was looking at the stat here, like the the, uh, head-to-head Lakers-Portland We've actually we actually beat them both times in Portland this year, but before that we were like three and thirteen the mm-hmm. previous six years. And I remember even like you said the Black Mamba years when we were we were a title contender every year and they were a mm-hmm. good team with Brandon Roy and Lamarcus Aldridge, but they were they weren't um, a championship contending level team, and we still had hard times against them. It's a it's a weird one, right? It's a weird matchup again. For whatever reason, I confuse them with Golden State, and I'm like, wait, no, it's just that they seem like one of those teams that really know yeah. the Lakers. It doesn't matter what Lakers version it is; it's just one of those teams. So it's very weird. And again, I think we're lucky not to have to play uh, in Portland, regardless if we still had a home court uh, advantage. Agreed, agreed. So in the West, um, I see Denver making quick work of Utah. Utah just doesn't look like the same kind of solid team plus utah always has good home court advantage you know go try any of their pizza joints before the night of the game and they'll be they'll be <laughs> i <right. laughs> uh but yeah denver uh oh, the other one's so tough rockets thunder um if westbrook misses more than one game i'm going with the thunder um, I, I'm going with the Thunder to upset them. The Rockets aren't built for long series in the playoffs, especially against a well-coached team that gets its contributions from everyone. Um, and if you can just dive on Harden, even though they have four guys standing around, it was Westbrook that was really benefiting from this uh, small ball lineup. Like mm-hmm. he can attack anyone off the dribble. So, yeah, I'm going to go Thunder. Um, wow. Other side, yeah. Other side, the Celtics will probably make quick work of the Sixers. 
Um, especially if Embiid misses time, I think it'll be like five games maybe. Uh, with Simmons being out, and then the Heat and Pacers, that's a that's gonna be a lot of fun, like old school basketball over there. Like mm-hmm. first team to ninety points wins. <laughs> yep, there's some bad blood there, especially with T.J. Warren and Jimmy Butler. That's gonna be fun too. Uh, but I'm going to take the Pacers to win that Ooh. series. I think. I think Oladipo is going to make a big difference. If I'm not mistaken, he's been playing, right? Yeah, uh-huh. He has. Okay. Yeah, okay. So Oladipo is going to make a big difference for the Pacers. They go from like a like a playoff team to like a, a mid, mid-major kind of team, one that could get to the second round. So I'm going to go Pacers. But in terms of the teams that are getting to the uh, Western and Eastern Conference, I think the Bucks will beat the Pacers in like five or six games. I think the Raptors, the Raptors and Celtics is going to be a lot of fun, but I'm going to take the Raptors in six. Um, so Raptors, Bucks again in the East, and I guess I'm going chalk here. I'm, I mean, I don't see Denver putting up a fight against the Clippers. Maybe one or two games, especially without that home court advantage um, that Denver likes to, you know, likes to have, especially in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And the Lakers having. Beating the Blazers will be ready for the Thunder. It'll be Lakers, Clippers in the conference finals there. Okay, perfect. So you got Lakers, Clips, Bucks, Raptors. They're going one two one two. Um, I, just to kind of go with your flow in here, talk about the matchups. I also think uh, Denver will take care of Utah. Both teams tend to have that home court advantage, but yeah, yeah uh, you know, uh, in this case, I think Denver is just too good of a team. Um, for Utah overall. Um, then we go OKC, Houston. I'm going to differ with you here, um, but I think Houston will get it done in seven. I'm assuming, um, you know, they've said that Russ is going to miss at least one. Um, even with two games, I think Houston will be able to battle it out, wait for Westbrook to get back, and I think they win in seven. Again, very close, very contested, um, but it's going to take a lot out of Houston. Um, there's those ones we got obviously the one and twos on that side LA and LA winning I believe against Dallas and Portland we already talked about that and then we'll go to the other side same thing with Boston and Philly dude uh, it's unfortunate uh, that Ben Simmons got injured um, we're gonna have Boston at all at full power we'll see even Embiid you mentioned it so I got Boston beating them pretty easily I would say at most six games but I would lean towards five and then in Miami and Indiana Old school series, I am going to differ there as well. I think Miami will get it done in seven. Um, they're going to battle it out. I can't wait for TJ Warren and Jimmy to go at each other for a full series, not just talking trash leading back to before COVID happened um, where they had that beef. This is now seven games. Let's see what happens. TJ Warren shouts. He has played like a monster, actually crazy yeah. games. He had a 50-piece, I believe, in the bubble, something like that. Um, And he's played very well. But I think Miami overall as a team is a little bit better. And again, seven games, Miami edges it out. Now when we move on, I'm actually going to go here, dude. So that would leave Milwaukee, Miami, Toronto, Boston. I mentioned I wouldn't be surprised if Toronto made it all the way. And I believe that. I do feel that way. Um, I wouldn't say this is crazy. But... 
I think Boston is going to end up beating them actually, dude. My pick, that's in my prediction. Um, I think okay. Boston is, is, is tough enough. They're, they're deep enough. And I want to see Tatum especially take the leap of now being like, I am the man. He obviously had a very good season. Um, he's made the leap of being a superstar, and I think he's going to get paid as such. But it's time to prove it against a team that um, won the championship last year and had a heck of a season in Toronto. So I'm going to go with Boston. And then Milwaukee is just going to be too much for the Jimmy Butler-led Heat. I'm going Milwaukee and Boston in the East. Um, and in the West, I, I, I tend to agree with you as well, man. So that would leave Houston um, playing the Lakers. That's where they run out, dude. They just are not good enough to play a, a, a long postseason. I don't see it. We'll see. Hopefully, Russell is there to see a good competition. But the Lakers will take him out. And the Clips are also going to be too much for Denver. They're just a more talented team. PG and Kawhi are going to show up. And it's going to set us up with the matchup we've been waiting for all season long um, with the Battle of L.A. We wish it would have been at Staples. Nobody's got to go anywhere. It would be a battle there. But it's almost similar. We're just in Orlando. So I'm going to go L.A., L.A. And then I'm going to go with Boston and Milwaukee. So who's going to make it out of, of each of these conferences, dude? Who's making the finals and why? I am going to defer to you here to start things off. I like um, it. I, I, real quick, though, before you do, that is a, a mega bummer if we see Clippers, Lakers in the Western Conference Finals not at Staples Center. That's a little detrimental to the Lakers, too, since they'd have uh, home games for all seven of them. So, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It, it helps that the Clipper for the Clippers not being the road team for seven and it's just neutral. It it would prove um, at that point, and again, we were wishing it from the second Kawhi uh, dissed the Lakers and went to the Clippers that it was like, dude, and actually PG as well. So they both yeah. dissed the Lakers actually um, to say yes, this is still a Lakers town. I don't care what Balmer's trying to do. I don't care how they if they change their uniform. Blah blah blah. You can move out of Staples. It's still a Laker town. And you're right, dude. We, we're going to lose out on that. But we're going to get the competition nevertheless. Um, and I think this one is tough for me. Um, I've said it all year long that I think the Clippers are the better overall team. And I do believe that. But when you talk about the superstars on each team, this is the golden opportunity for LeBron and AD. LeBron trying to win that fourth, trying to really cement his legacy, crazy winning three with three different teams, etc. And AD finally proving that, hey, I just didn't have the pieces with me in New Orleans. Now I'm with Braun and we're here to win it. I'm going to go with the Lakers in seven. I'm taking the Lakers mm. in a great series to make the NBA Finals and edge out the Clippers. Uh, at that point, I believe that the role players are going to be finally in full rhythm and are going to make a big difference as well. Guys like Dion Waiters can make some clutch shots. We know J.R. Smith. Kuzma is going to be swaggy after this last game winner he had. Um, that was nice. <laughs> that was nice, yeah, and he needed that for his confidence. I'm glad he got it. And then you got guys, you know, like Caruso, Dwight, JaVale, who are obviously playing well, but they're going to be even in more rhythm. And in, in, we're talking 
I'd say about a month from now. So um, I'm going Lakers in seven. And for the East, as much as I think Boston can do it, I cannot bring myself to pick them. I'm going to go with Milwaukee, the best record in the NBA. Um, taking them out, I would say in six is a fair assumption. Uh, Greek Freak is going to make his first NBA Finals leading his squad. And that's where I'm at. I'm going number one seed versus number one seed, Lakers, Bucks, NBA Finals. What you think about that? And who do you have? Uh, you know, you had me a little nervous there. Like, my heart started beating a little faster when you're talking up the Clippers. I'm like, is he really going to pick them? <laughs> Uh, I'm like, that puts the pressure on me because then I'm like, uh-oh, do a... <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> what does that yep. say? Uh, yeah, so I was nervous there. Um, but let's start in the East. I think this is going to be a repeat from last year's Eastern Conference Finals. I think the Raptors are going to scheme Giannis out of like full domination mode. They're going to make him earn it from the line. They're going to make him shoot those open threes. They're going to just sink and may make the role players beat him too, just with their good rotations that they have. And yeah, I'm going with the Raptors. I'm going with the Raptors in six. They're going back to the finals. Toronto, our boy Pascal Siakam. Crazy. Okay, so I said I wouldn't be surprised, and you are actually picking them to make it. I like this pick. Okay, well, well and you're right. Spicy P representing New Mexico State, back-to-back NBA Finals appearances. I, I like it. I feel it. Yeah. Like, at, at the beginning of the season, I picked Milwaukee, and, but I didn't know how good the Raptors were still going to be with without Kawhi Leonard. And now that I've seen it, and I've seen them play against the Lakers and against other teams, and I'm like, this is a really good team. They don't need a superstar like it's not like those Hawks teams of the mid 2010s <laughs> to where they're like, Oh yeah, everyone's around 15 points a game. They're just a really good team. They have Pascal who can close down games. Kyle Lowry can close down games. He's showed it. Uh, they, yeah, the Raptors are just too deep and too well coached. Wow. Uh, okay. Man. So Milwaukee's going to be left there at the altar again, just saying, <laughs> yeah. sorry, bros, you guys aren't and, getting all the way. There's going to be some big, big rumors floating around in Milwaukee after this Mm. postseason. Uh, I think Giannis has, what, one more year before he can uh, bounce? Yep, yep. They've already even started with Golden State, right? Supposedly some package and I don't know what. (laughs) Exactly. I don't know what, but I'm saying that's one that I've heard. And if this happens, as you're predicting, you're right, dude. This is going to get crazy for Giannis. Yeah, there's going to be, he's going to have that same LeBron style treatment. Um, Like, are you ever going to win one, dude? Mm -hmm. Uh, Even though he's only 25, he's younger than I am. (laughs) And Uh, myself as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, But he's got plenty of time, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, Raptors. And then Clippers and the Lakers. I am going to firmly go with the Lakers here. I think in a seven-game series, they figure it out against the Clippers. That in the three game in the three games since opening night that they've played against each other, the Lakers won two of of those three, and the one that they lost being on Christmas, they led for most of that game. I just think when LeBron's locked in defensively, we've seen that 
game one in the bubble. He shut down Kawhi in those last few minutes. And then he'd switch off of Kawhi and then shut down Paul George in the same possession. Mm-hmm. Like if the if the Lakers can figure out like make make that offense hum like it was humming when they were beating Milwaukee, the Clippers, and Boston right before the season shut down, I think they are a very, very dangerous team. And the Clippers, without a true playmaker on that team, other than Lou Williams, who's still a scorer, bar none, um, there is, it's just the one-on-one pick-and-roll style basketball isolation. They're going to go cold. Those two guys are going to go cold more often than if you're just, you know, playing them in one game and you could catch fire in one game. So I'm going with the Lakers in five. Ooh, Lock in. it in. Lakers in five. <laughs> I'm, hey, I'm writing these down because we're going to find out in, a, in in not too, you know, long away. And you said how much Raptors are beating how much for the Bucks? Six. Six. Okay. Wow. I, hey, I'm with it, dude. I think mm, ki- kind of bold, I'd say. So you're saying the Clippers. It is bold. I, I'm, it's bold for sure. <laughs> he says, I admit, I admit. So Kawhi and PG, you just feel that at some point they kind of run out of gas and, and the Lakers overall. Um, just have their number. As you said, obviously, we have that opening night. But since then, it's kind of been a little bit of a different story. And some great stops by LeBron there at the end of the uh, the bubble game together. Yeah. Like, so Paul George, we've seen it year after year after year. He kind of runs out of gas at the end mm. of the year. Um, it's, I mean, that's, it's what he is. He's a volume scorer who's also a good defender. But when he's when he's cold, like you don't even notice him on the offensive end. Um, so the brunt is going to be on Kawhi. Kawhi also has the ability to you know go seven for nineteen, you know twenty eight points, something like that. But like they're going to need to be fi- the both of them are going to be need to be firing on all cylinders at least four out of like six games. Like, um, and that's even if they are the Lakers are still super talented that it's not like, Oh, they both the Paul George and Kawhi combined for 60. So did LeBron and AD. <laughs> yep. Okay. Hey, fair enough, dude. Fair enough. I hope we get to witness what happens here. So um, now I'll turn it back to you. So you could actually <laughs> uh, give us your prediction. You have then Lakers, Raptors, NBA finals, who wins this crazy year, crazy season's NBA championship? And who would you think would be the finals MVP? Okay, so I'm going to say this right now. I really hope I'm wrong here. I I would prefer to be wrong here, but I'm going with the Raptors to what? win it all. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm going with Toronto to win it all. They are so good. They play us really well. They're the only team in the NBA that didn't lose to the Lakers this year. I would actually prefer if, like, if the Lakers are just chilling. You know, they won in five games. They're watching the other conference finals. I would prefer Milwaukee in this scenario. I, wow. I'm confident we can beat Milwaukee. I am not confident we can beat Toronto. I think it's going to be a seven-game series and it's going to be a lot of fun. I really hope I'm wrong. I would prefer to be wrong. Uh, but I think Toronto goes back to back. 
and AD re-signs with us. You know, he got the taste. It was so close. The Lakers run it back. I am genuinely shocked at this pick because of that it is the Lakers. I just, I'm surprised. So, who, and I love it. I think, again, (laughs) wow, I spoke that I wouldn't be shocked if they won it. I'm telling you, I completely agree. But I wouldn't have picked them to win it. So, that, let me ask you, who's the MVP? Is it Kyle? Is it Spicy P? Does someone else maybe like Ananobi come through? What do you think happens there on that side? Who's going to be like, obviously, the one star? Comparing them to Atlanta, they were a good team all around, but they didn't have that one guy that always, sh- you know, was shining through. Who kind of carries this squad throughout the, uh, throughout the you know, playoffs in this series, it sounds like. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the MVP here being Kyle Lowry. Mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry destroyed us when we played the Raptors. Has it, it been about a week ago now? It seems like mm-hmm. this is like flying a by. Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure when it was, but he crushed us and had, I, I'd say, his best game of, of the bubble, if I'm not mistaken. He was on fire, dude. Yeah, yeah, I'll look up his stats um, just to make sure. But, like, he, like, I think we match up well with Spicy P and with Anthony Davis and JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. Um, but I, I, like, I don't see any answer for, um, for Kyle Lowry. Like, we talked about it maybe, what, like six weeks ago or something like that, end of June when Avery Bradley opted out. Mm-hmm. You said this was this was gonna hurt um, the Lakers, and I was like, uh, I still think they can get to the finals, but I think in the finals is when they're gonna miss Avery Bradley the most because of the Kyle Lowry factor. Great point, actually. Um, now thinking about Avery because I've kind of gotten used to watching the Lakers without him, obviously for the last couple of weeks. Um, Avery Bradley is almost the perfect defender for Lowry, you know, kind of a smaller guy, quicker, a pest. Um, and in reality, Waiters or JR, who are pretty much the replacement. Or Green. Are, Green's or, washed on defensively. <laughs> they are not going to do uh, – if that's the case, um, Kyle is going to torch the Lakers, obviously, if this happens. So, wow. Okay. So, there you have it. We have MVP, Kyle Lowry. The Raptors go back-to-back and say, Kawhi, we thank you for your services, but we didn't really need you, bro. Wow, I love it, bro. Okay, so I'll go with my pick. Um, I'm glad there, I shocked you. No, I'm literally, bro. I'm very shocked, and um, it would be pretty cool if if that happened, actually. So, um, for me, so I had Lakers, Bucks, Raptors don't even make the conference finals. Um, pretty different. I think the Lakers win the NBA finals in six. Um, the biggest reason being. I think this is where AD, our both of ours projected defensive player of the year, is going to shine and make a big difference on Giannis. Not a guy that's going to guard him all the time, I don't think. I think that's uh, asking a little bit much because of Giannis's his speed, his, his power. I think it would kind of drain AD for the whole time. But when it gets down to crunch time, especially I even I would say fourth quarter, that's when AD is going to say, it's my time, like I said, to prove that I'm just as important, just as valuable as LeBron is to this team, and he would make the difference on Giannis. It goes six games, 
And that's the main reason, aside from he will have a good uh, offensive, um, you know, performance throughout the series. I go with Anthony Davis as my finals MVP. So Ah. LeBron wins his fourth, uh, third different team doing so, but he doesn't become the first player ever to win three finals MVPs on three different teams. I think Anthony Davis being the young stud, being the young superstar is really going to edge him out. Uh, Not crazy. It's just going to be like, it's hard to deny that without AD, they wouldn't have been able to win this championship. So um, that's where I'm at, bro. I'm going Lakers, six, AD, MVP. I I like uh, I like yours a lot more than mine. I like your predictions <laughs> a lot more than mine. <laughs> I would be very happy to see that happen. I think you make a lot of good points. I think LeBron playoff LeBron is going to be locked into Giannis, especially in crunch time. And then they don't really have anyone for Anthony Davis. I mean, Brooke Lopez, sure, but mm. um, good luck. <laughs> I yeah, I he he was one of the league leaders in blocks, but like he's only good in spurts. He's not he's not a 30, 35 minute player uh, every night. Like if he is, Davis is going to take advantage of him. But like he, he's only going to be good in spurts. Um, yeah, and then. Who's Giannis going to guard? Is Giannis going to go guard Davis? Which LeBron is going to carve up anyone else who right. uh, uh, steps steps up to him. Uh, maybe Middleton will guard him. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think we match up really well with Milwaukee for a seven-game series as opposed to a team like Toronto. So good pick there. Good call. I, I did want to say about the Kyle Lowry. He was... Um, 33 14 and 6 uh against us last week like so um we had Kentavious Caldwell Pope try and guard him Kentavious Caldwell Pope was minus 20 the Lakers were minus 27 when Caldwell Pope was on the floor <laughs> wow jeez KCP oh my god yeah Danny Green minus 11 um maybe this could be where Rondo helps out but rondo's not the best defender anymore either so yep good points man it's gonna be i've forgotten about rondo as well the injury took him out um he can come back maybe be effective but the age simply is undefeated he's not the same as he used to be maybe in spurts but dude 33 14 and 6 give me a break um and i could see lowry of course we know is gonna have also a huge chip on his shoulder to say we can do it without Kawhi. You know, again, we appreciate you, Kawhi. You were dope, but um, we didn't win 52 games um, out of 71 <laughs> just just so, because, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, like, how terrible do you think DeMar DeRozan would feel? <laughs> oh, my God. I like, we, we got rid of you, DeMar. We sent you to San Antonio. You know, you had a good season last year. Spurs didn't really do anything this year. Um and then as soon as we got rid of you, uh, we won two titles. <laughs> back to back. You're right. And without, <laughs> literally without the guy that supposedly, you know, obviously we traded for, he left, and then we still won it. So um, that, that would be the biggest loser in all of this, actually. Poor guy. Poor <laughs> guy. And then, wait, wait, and then 
they didn't even make the playoffs this year. The first time the Spurs don't make the playoffs in how many in, in decades. So 22 um, years. 22 years, and they're sitting at home now. Wow. So you're right. Good point. But, man, this has been a lot of fun. Um, this year now, we got our predictions. We know what we think is going to happen. We'll keep up with it. This concludes not only the NBA playoff preview segment, um, but the episode, we hope that, you know, everything stays running smoothly um, as it has been. Basketball has been awesome to have back. And when throughout these playoffs, I believe it's after the first round, families start coming in. We believe that the NBA is going to do everything that they have been doing to, you know, make sure it's as safe as possible. Make sure that the players enjoy their time with their family and have some people in the stands, actually, because they're going to be able to go to uh, to the games. Um and so let's see. It's let's... interesting. Uh-huh. Go ahead. I was going to say, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. Say, it's, interest... it's interesting to see if, like, players are struggling and, like, you know, the team gets to the first round with certain players struggling. Like, say LeBron. LeBron hasn't had the best time in the bubble on offense. Um, he's He's kind of been struggling, too. And, like, if his family makes that difference, that would be an interesting factor as well from round one to round two. If we make it to round two, I don't want to assume anything. Yeah, that that's actually very true. We're going to see the actual impact that is uh, life's, you know, life differences, right? Where you see your kids, right. you'll be able to see your wife, um, whatever it may be. Good point, dude. And again, them being in the stands after playing for the first time, you know, LeBron or, or, AD, whoever, when was the last time they really played in an empty gym? You know, aside from practice, dude, like that has to be right. different um, in some way. At least have people there that you care about. The Pretty much the people that you care about more than anything in, in the world um, rooting you on. So great, great point. And um, with this, let me ask you, Chris, drop. Is that our cue? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, just, I just wanted to, 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 you know, we thank everybody for listening. Uh, again, I think you guys can tell how excited. Chris and I are both um, about, you know, uh, the NBA and sports in general. UFC is going to be awesome. But before we go, Chris, what is your Twitter, my dude? Because that's where people can interact with you. And we know you're on there talking to everybody on there. So where can they interact with you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at chrismo 2413 You can talk about anything, basketball, baseball, football, fantasy football, uh basketball hockey hockey's you know they're in the playoffs now too which is pretty exciting Mm -hmm. um golf golf just had a major championship sports are rocking right now so yeah come hang out on twitter at chrismo 2413 i there's gonna i'm gonna be missing spurts you know a few hours here a few hours there you know due to you know studying stuff but um i'll still be around okay dope and for our pages you know we have um, Facebook, Twitter at Small Scoops Sport, Instagram at Small Scoops Sport Podcast. We appreciate all everybody that votes on our polls. We'll see. You know, we had a great draft as well for the fast food restaurants. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun to see how our our you know listeners feel, who they agree with, who they don't, and of course, everybody. We hope you enjoyed the UFC card this weekend, um, the end of the NBA regular season, which is happening. I think there's a couple more games tomorrow. And then from there, we're off to the races to see who wins um, the Larry O'Brien Trophy. So thank you, everybody. Stay safe. Take care. And we out. Thanks.
thank you for listening to another episode of A Small Scoop of Sports Podcast. Remember, you can find the show on Instagram at Small Scoop Sport Podcast and on Twitter and Facebook at Small Scoop Sport. If you enjoy the show, please rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you next time. We out.